welcome to episode 7 of the Real Deep Cuts podcast. Today, we're going to be dumpster diving into the dirty back alleys of Hollywood Boulevard. After that, we'll play a short round of quotables, our movie quote trivia game, as well as getting into some general film discussion of things we watched about the week. My name is Raymond. And my name is Jeremy. And my name is Richard. I hope everyone out there listening had a great week. Um, my week, honestly, was very chill. So, how about you guys? Rich? Um, this week was quick, man. You know, we had the three-day weekend, so four-day work week. It was a breeze, baby. Um, Facts. But the weekend, that was unfortunately, nice. that was did nice. fly by. It really nice. Sure did. Uh, you, Jim? Same thing, you know. Good to be back home for the whole week, four-day work week. And uh, got to finally get back into my movie groove, watched a bunch of shit. That's right, I've been seeing. You've been logging up a storm over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm back, baby. Space Cowboys back. You Never are, left. Man. Never <laughs> left. Never lost. Never <laughs> lost. I did All the right. same kind of. I kind of. Well, I, I, I was more active last week in terms of watching films. I think this week I only watched a few films, but primarily we watched uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just got done watching it. Not even gonna lie to you guys. Literally yeah, just watched you, it, so it's pretty fresh. You barely got that one in. <laughs> I just squeezed it squeezed in. Squeezed right it in. I mean, I'm going to talk. I watched it today, too, but, you know, I was surprised. I was like, I had about 30 minutes left, and you were like, I have. Ju- I just got home. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy's living on the edge. I really am. I plan everything um, in <laughs> time intervals because, you know, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> it's got a lot not going really. on. No, I'm, I'm really not that busy, but. I'd say you're gosh, a busy fella. You okay? What hurt? Yeah. what hurt? Are you all right? Oh no, um, my heart. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like, picking a scab or something over there? Like, <laughs> no. what's going on? No, Sunburn I was trying to readjust beach? on my on my seat right now, and then like accidentally hit my toe. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you guys do anything interesting throughout the week, or are we just gonna get right into this movie? Yeah, I mean, I guess I went to my first soccer game ever yesterday. Oh, that's right, dude. Yeah, How was that? that? You didn't show up to that. You were hey, invited. Hey, man, to you know I'm man. trying to change my lifestyle out here, man. Don't judge me, man. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> <I'm> not <gonna laughs> any more sporting events? <laughs> no, I was just like, I was just so tired yesterday, and like, I hear you. I, I, after I, that I was me the day before barbecue. for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude, uh, what is it? It was the first ever. I guess the ACFC, the, the Angel City Football Club, mm-hmm. it's the first women's you know, soccer club of uh, Los Angeles, I guess. And it was the first game ever yesterday, so That's I guess awesome. it's pretty historical. That's his. Who did they go up against? Do you know? Or uh, it was San Diego. I guess San Diego has wow. one of those teams as well. And it was a pretty good game. I'm not gonna lie, that was. It looked bad. I don't know. That was that was really fun. They have a mm-hmm. they have a very very big support. You know, you know. I guess like fandom. Uh, for just starting out, it was, you know, a great turnout, I guess you'd say. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It and really and crazy. we won. And we won, man. It was, it was, was a good score? game. 2-1. Damn, uh, that's lit. We scored once. Right as we got there, we showed up like just a little bit late. Mm-hmm. And before we even got to our seats, we saw them score a goal. That's awesome. And stadium went crazy. So that was fun. 
I can't wait to go again. That's that's honestly going to be something. Because it's so honest. much fun, Chan. <laughs> there he is, the soundboard king. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. It took us, like, how many minutes are we in? <laughs> it took us a little bit of time. I was, like, ready for the onslaught. but I always got to wait whenever oh, it's I'm going to take it easy on you guys this week. I realized, <laughs> you know. I gotta, I gotta hold back. I gotta, you know. No, those are great, man. I'm just feeling mellow today, you know. But if you do cut back, it's greatly appreciated for today. And my name is Raymond. Oh, <laughs> just starts. No, we're not. We're not. I don't think we're we're taking a step back. It doesn't look like you it. gave this guy too much wiggle room just there, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known, but it's my what? fault. That's Anything my, fun uh, this weekend, Jer? No, nah, this weekend was pretty chill, honestly. Kind of movies galore. Nice. Movies galore. Sure. Taking it easy. Finishing the editing that I put off. You know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What hey, are you thank gonna you for do? Editing these um these episodes. Ah uh, well, it's a joy. It is thank my you. pleasure. It really is. It really right. Is. <laughs> 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 All right. I guess we're getting into it. Are we just gonna get into Hollywood Boulevard then? If Nothing else happened this oh, week yeah. or weekend. Let's start All right. cutting. All right, let's get into Hollywood Boulevard. Made in or debuted in 1976, directed by Joe Dante and Alan Arkush, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, synopsis is a Midwestern and Gen U moves to Hollywood and rivals a B movie queen in low budget quickies. There are there is 2.1k views on Letterbox, and basically the cast is a bunch of literal B movie people. Um, I have not recognized a single name on this entire list, but uh, yeah, um, let's get into some initial thoughts. Who wants to go first? Jer, Rich, who wants to? And my name is Raymond. Whoa. Well, since mine. Okay, was that was that was disturbing. <laughs> I did not like that. What was that? What so, the hell? Play that, that one. And my Raymond. And my name's Raymond. Oh my God! This guy just created a monstrosity. And my name is Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just like quickly pushing the button? Like, yeah, I made it my own Frankenstein monster. <laughs> oh my God, dude! What the hell? <laughs> and my name is Raymond. <laughs> we're not taking it easy <laughs> we're not it's over it's uh, over i guess my first initial thoughts for this is it's really zany that's mm-hmm. it's very very uh self-aware too but it also has like a very light tone to it yeah so mm-hmm. mm, that's kind of like my initial thoughts i, I don't want to get yeah. into exactly how i felt about it just yet because right. it's a bit mixed but, yeah, um, it's a little all over the place. But I feel like I might be, you know, in the minority there because I was seeing a lot of love for this film, review-wise, uh, after oh, really? the fact. Yeah. Mm. I mean, more love than I thought. I was, it honestly, overall, I think it fell flat for me mm. with moments, you know, there. But um, I'm just kind of curious to hear what you guys thought. Yeah. Before we uh, get Jack? there. Um, well, this movie is something. I mean, it is... <laughs> It's something. That's pretty insane. I don't know. Is, I, yeah. I, I feel like I was pretty like just blown away with how dirty and trashy and just mm-hmm. absolutely raunchy and tastelessly cynical it is um, about Hollywood. Um, but I mean, I, I laughed quite a bit, especially I would say in the first half. I mm-hmm. really I thought a lot of the jokes, even when they were bad, were pretty, pretty good. 
got a few like shock laughs out of me. And um, I guess when you say light, Rich, you mean like it's a comedy light, but I would say a lot of the subject matter is like extremely fucked up. (laughs) And I would hesitate to recommend this to just anybody. You have to be... um, you well, it's more have, the way the film carries itself, I guess. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's actual, like yeah, the actual content itself. It's like a it's a movie are, that doesn't take itself very seriously at all. It's mm-hmm. totally, like you said, self-aware, and it, it it's a satire on Hollywood. It's very crude yeah. and very um, just kind of it, it's an exercise in poor taste. Um, and it it I think it's very critical of Hollywood, but also still indulging in some of the you know hedonistic things about and the, and the kind of sleazy things about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like trying to say something, but also doing it at the same time, <laughs> doing it at the same time. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, but there's some, there's some good moments in it. I, I think so too. There's definitely moments it. that I saw, you know, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is entertainment for sure. But yeah. Um, what about you? Ryan? Uh, I feel the same exact way, to be honest. I just think that this movie was like exactly what I thought it would be. It was sleazy. It was a, bit more over the top than i thought it would be definitely Mm -hmm. just questionable things that were in there i was like (laughs) okay (laughs) but like i get it it's a satire obviously of like hollywood and just kind of you know it's self-aware there are some characters that i thought were cool and you know a bit funny there were funny moments throughout the film but i just yeah I, i kind of feel mixed about the movie i really don't know how i can describe how i felt after watching this but i won't say i necessarily regretted it in any way it was just and i wasn't bored either like i i don't know like i wasn't necessarily bored either it's like in the middle of our you know um deep cuts or past you know a few deep cuts i just i don't i can't pinpoint it and it's so I fresh i wasn't mind right bored now. i'll say but i became bored um when, the second the, half like, towards the, the longer or... it went on yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah i would i would say it this movie was i was really enjoying it the first like 30 40 minutes i would say everything up until mm-hmm. they finished that shoot in the philippines mm-hmm. yeah. i liked everything and then after that i felt like a shift in my like overall like okay this went too, a, too far into one direction and just kind of kept going and i was like you know the overall main joke of the thing just kind of started to get a little old but i was really liking it at first mm-hmm. i appreciated what it was doing what it was going for and it's kind of, I mean, this movie is sort of like an encapsulation of movies that we're looking into, you know, movies that basically are yeah. forgotten to time, you know, they're fr- they're decades old and they're very, you know, a lot of things haven't aged very well. They're very crude. Um, you know, th- this movie was made up of B movies of the seventies of drive-in flicks. Uh, I think the film that they shot it on was uh, made off of short ends, mm-hmm. which is like the discards of film stock. And the whole movie was shot in 10 days. So it was just Wait, using this movie. Yeah, it was, it was oh using God. interspersed clips from like other New World films, like the, you know, the the, sh- the sh- action that we saw in the Philippines. Yeah. That yeah. was all that was, that was probably the most obvious. That. A lot of. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. The, 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 mm-hmm. Even the chase scenes and stuff like that, like a mm-hmm. lot of the big movie stunts. I even yeah. want to say the skydiving stuff, because really <laughs> yeah. the only thing that they did was the crater in the ground in that big first scene so <laughs> very cheap i and thought it cheapened the the movie for me kind of look i don't know because i didn't know that at first at first i just thought maybe they're pulling from another movie mm-hmm. or it's just some generic footage i don't know i don't know how it works exactly 
to recycle footage. Mm -hmm. But when I, I mean, did I, just, I, you know, yeah. learn more about it and I saw that this is what, you know, his other movies were and he kind of just mm. used That's like the cool basically. Jaws thing. I, I didn't yeah. mind it. I mean, it, it's hard to cheapen what's already, uh, you know, outwardly offensively cheap it's that's kind of right the, the the joke is like okay like they're just stealing things from other movies to create a scene and they're like the dogs you know barking at the girl and her kind of jumping back like that was mm -hmm. like two different movies spliced together yeah. I, I i thought it was funny like i thought that was part of i mean i know, get it it's like a b movie making b movies mm -hmm. so I, I don't know for some reason it just didn't really i felt a bit disconnected from it um when i started to see that stuff yeah, I, I know what it was doing, but I don't know. It just didn't really hit me. I think it missed uh, a lot of times. So I again, it, it had moments It had mm -hmm. moments that I thoroughly did enjoy, specifically uh, when it started. It kicked off really well. Um, yeah, and I think I it's set, so it set a really maybe not clear tone, but a very uh, apparent tone, I guess. But but yeah, I guess again, the longer it went on, it just started to kind of dwindle away from, uh, yeah. you know, me, myself. Yeah. Well, that's good that it was only an hour and 23 minutes. then. <laughs> very short. Yeah. Very short. Yeah, very Pretty short easy. Film. I would say, yeah, it kind of tended to drag toward the end. But I really, there was promise. And I still kind of appreciate the, the sort of, you know, it is uh, it is shamelessly garbage. And, it, when, and that's kind of the point. It's like very like <laughs> mm -hmm. trashy. Yeah. It's not even just like bad movie garbage, but it's like, trashy in the subject matters the and jokes the that it makes that, the choices yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that the director made like um it totally is just kind of like you know going through the dumpster of like a film studio and just you know finding whatever's there and making a movie out of it but i think that some of the you know satire in there even though it was a little cynical some of the jokes were kind of bad like i think mm -hmm. i think it was actually kind of refreshing to see such a aggressive middle finger toward Hollywood yeah. while also still just being like, well, we're going to have fun too. And, you know, having the B actors of this era getting to be in a movie about the sleaziness of Hollywood, it's kind of like their redemption. Like to say like, yeah, we, we always knew we were in shit movies. Like we're in on the joke and this is our way of making a big joke out of that. I didn't really think about that. That's actually, that's a cool point to make. It was even surprising to see how it starts out similar to Mulholland Drive, how like this, this girl goes to Hollywood with all these dreams and it's like, it's a movie about how shitty Hollywood can be. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I doubt that David Lynch saw this and was inspired to make Mulholland Drive. It's possible he did, but. Um, Don't even know if he watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, but it is sort of like a love letter to those kinds of drive-in B movies and yeah. also a critique on them. But ultimately, I mean, it's it's made by the people who make those kinds of movies. So it is sort of like um, a little bit punk rock in that sense, kind of just do, making something that is so, so offensive in a lot of ways. I, like I said, I can't recommend this to everyone. Yeah. A lot of the humor is pretty uh, out there, uncomfortable to watch, but some of it's good. And, uh, you know, that the movie definitely dwells a lot on the sexualization of women and how that's their power. And um, that's what Hollywood feeds off of being exploited, uh, being exploited. Much, yeah. Uh, sexploitation and still going through with mm -hmm. every, you know, with people that are just clearly unhappy on, you know, film sets and what they're being put through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's, it's interesting that this exists, but yeah, I, I also loved, come on, you guys, 
had to have loved the swinging and fucking song. Yeah, I was, I don't know. I'm, I was thinking about that because I was trying to recall moments and I was like, what segued into that? Did that just, was that a music video in a movie for? It just kind of happened from my, <laughs> what I recall. <laughs> right? Like, I, was, I was trying to think like what, like, you know, what led to that. But I was like, am I hearing this right? I threw subtitles on extremely quick. That was great. But it, was, it was a great song though, I'll say. Like, yeah. It was a hit for me. That's a gem. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's the kind of like deep cut stuff that I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like this is not the worst thing you can bump into when, when deep right. cut diving. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of ultimately in the spirit of deep cut diving yeah. because it is about, you know, a B movie queen in doing low budget films that will ultimately be forgotten to time. Yeah. But it's showing the kind of the, the dirty and the bad side of that and the fun mm-hmm. side of that. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of very very exaggerated like a parody yeah. um i was gonna ask like did you guys think this movie was tasteless or do you think it was absolutely like... yeah. yeah yeah not no question they that's why just... i said it's an exercise in that tastelessness yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely but that's why you know it's probably why it's been forgotten to time but i think right. there's some some <clears throat> stuff there and it, it is interesting to see a movie of this time be so self-aware of what it is <laughs> yeah. uh, before and before that kind of political correctness you know would would make it so that this movie could never be made mm-hmm. um perhaps for the better but there is some stuff that i you know for better or worse i do think um is good <laughs> is is enjoyable <laughs> um i laughed so hard when that kid goes up to her and she's like he's oh, like yeah. Can I get your autograph? And then she she signs it, and then he rips it up. This is what I think of the Avengers, <laughs> and then throws the ripped up autograph at her. That was, was like, that's a kids. clip that, like, dude, that if you clipped that and put that as a, you can make that a meme easily today. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that like could be recycled for, for yeah, some, for some good humor. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I probably enjoyed this. Um, a little more than you guys it sounds like but I also know that it's like I'm almost ashamed to have enjoyed this because there are certain things I was like oh man this is it's a it's a bit much insane but Um, I I do think that I enjoyed it too it's just it's so fresh in my mind that I didn't be I wasn't able to collect my thoughts especially after the second half because you guys did hit that on the head where it's just like it kind of changes a kind of the direction or kind of just the tone of the film you know and I'm just like I guess and then you know we all know how it ends and all that stuff but like it's just i don't know it's um it's kind of off-putting i guess like the the second half um and i wouldn't say it was like oh i absolutely thought it was like garbage or anything there are like redeemable parts i think throughout the film and there's characters and that i think are actually pretty funny and i also just do think some of the actors were not that bad i don't think like it was yeah. as bad as cruel jaws or like atlantic rim no. like in terms of acting um these are Prowess? actual actors that yeah, have been in these B movies actors, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the um one of the co-directors, mm-hmm. he has the top review for this on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I was like, and what he the hell? says, "That's him." Yeah, I gave it five stars, <laughs> and he said, "Is this the best movie about Hollywood ever? No, oh my God. but it's the best one that I ever co-directed." Are you interested in how drive-in movies were made in the 70s? Are you not offended by nudity and bad jokes? Do you love Roger Corman movies? Do you wish you had been there? If your answer is yes, then this is the best movie about Hollywood ever. 
So, you know, he clearly is proud of uh, proud of this. Yeah, and it's 149 likes. Probably was Let a blast out. to make, for sure. Yeah, 10 days, 10 that days, sounds yeah. like a blast. Yeah, um, 10 days. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad for a 10-day movie, I would say that for sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, it's only it's only like an hour and 20 minutes long, so. Yeah. It's not it's not like they made the, the lengthiest film, but that's right, that's right. still impressive, I guess. You know, but this mm-hmm. is the lowest of the low. So you know, if you have a weak stomach, Absolutely. you're you're very sensitive to certain topics. You, you know, offended easily. I would avoid. That's this. probably where the tastelessness comes in. Is just right, the yeah. spin of humor or the attempt to uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to sexual assault, basically. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, too much of it that. Wasn't, yeah. yeah, and it yeah. Apparently, this movie was made on a bet to see how cheap a film could be produced. Really. Yeah. Huh. So first time directors, Alan Arkish and Joe Dante. So made from, uh, it was made from other new world films. The budget was $54,000, which is pretty low, but it did make a million dollars in box office. Whoa. Wow. Good for them. Yeah, that's good. That's great. So this isn't something that <laughs> I guess at the time went under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it did, but. I don't know. So the budget was overall was, it was sixty grand, and hmm. only allowed ten days of shooting instead of the usual fifteen for New World wow. films. So the whole thing was made. That's a steal for that. using a bunch of recycled footage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's, exactly. I guess you know. I guess I'm wrong. I guess this guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, using this short ends. The right of, idea. <laughs> yeah, like raw stock from leftover movies. So uh, technically, mm-hmm. they weren't even stealing from the final results of other films, but just what wasn't used, what wasn't, you know, the stuff that was cut out. That's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I can salute but yeah, to that. A very, you know, tasteless film. I think even from the very beginning, it was just a, meant yeah, to be a yeah. farce. And, but I enjoy that. I enjoy, it seems like the, the movie was just made with almost definitely edginess, but also angst. Mm-hmm. Like there was like kind of like a, a very deep rooted cynicism, uh, toward Hollywood right. and producers and, you know, the predatory nature of producers and the pre- just men in the industry in general and how women are sexualized. Um, yeah. You guys want to do ratings? Um, I don't even know if I'm ready to give this thing a rating. Like, and like there was a part of it or like, I guess that it's set in Hollywood, obviously I thought it was kind of cool to see like all the different places and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, to talk about Hollywood, you know. Well, you... since you're not ready, you should rate it first, and then we'll come back. Just to you like and an see honest, like as a film, yeah. like <laughs> it, it's hard. I would say two stars. Like, two stars. Dang, that's, yeah. that's lower than me. Yeah, and my like Raymond. I... <laughs> I mean, that's like what? Uh, yeah, like I don't know. It was. What just, the hell? There were things that were like a little much, you know. Uh, I think this film, again, I didn't even like the way it ended, but I'll still even give it its credit for, you know, the way it started. And I was on board in the beginning mm-hmm. um, and even towards the middle, the big, you know, when they finally start to make their movie with, you know, all four girls in the Philippines, um, stuff like that. Even that landed, you know, flush for me um, when it started to get into obviously the I, the I guess this is what they were, you know, originally planning. It's the synopsis of the film, which is basically you know, the, the competition of the B, you know, level B movie Queens and yeah. <laughs> you know, someone's picking off, you know, other, you know, B movie female actresses. Um, that's where I was just like, what the fuck right. am I watching? This is starting to feel really dull. I don't even give a shit. And 
I kind of don't like that this movie is even pushing this angle all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, so your rating? I think it's a two and a half. I was gonna do a two and a half. Th- three of the so highest. I won't what? go higher than a three. But yeah. I'll be damned if I throw in a fucking quarter. Um, <laughs> You're not throwing in a two point two five for this, Harry? I don't. I don't know. It's. I kind of do. I, I actually wanted to give it a two and a half because it's not a like necessarily like a shitty. I think it's a two. I think that's fine. Yeah, you know, I think it, movie, maybe it is a two and know. a half. It's just kind of like you know there were things that I was just like, oh. I was uh, feeling three and a half in the first half. So yeah, I'm like I'm like surprised I, I that you guys. There. Are, I'm yeah. feeling you like, dropped you know, that low. From two, from three and a well, half to I mean, two. Considering, I don't want to spoil anything if people watch it, but also like they should be for like forewarned that like there are some things that even I was kind of like, what the hell? Like it's just, I don't, what I don't know. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, exactly like that, dude. That's how I screamed exactly at those scenes. I was like, oh my god. I don't know. I mean, it's not like shitty. Like I, don't... I did like the fact that this movie just ran in any direction at times. Mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah, something that yeah. appealed to it me. Felt like free reign, kind yeah. of. Just... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm a solid two and a half then. Um, just for what it is, maybe wow. I could have went up to a three. I could have went to a three. Honestly, I, I was out of two point seventy five. Do two point seventy five. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, two point seventy five. I, I kind of want to give it a three. <laughs> I really do kind of want to give it a three because it's not like you know. <laughs> It's not like unredeemable. 3.25? Like, no, no way. There's a, that's just too hot for me. Okay, Jared, what's yours then? Well, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say it was a three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be like a three for me, ultimately. Yeah, um, right. Just, yeah, I did lose some points, but. Man, there was some funny stuff in this movie. I thought I thought this yeah. movie was going to land at the average three and a half uh, originally, but I, I I don't know. Couldn't yeah. justify it. Did really kind of drop off for me in the second half. The first half mm-hmm. is great. I don't know the first I... half, I was like, "This is a gem." Yeah. This I would put on and like just show people, and you know, they'd be like, "Oh man, this is crazy that this was made." But then it really started to just go off into some territory that I was like. Okay, maybe yeah. this shouldn't have been made this specifically, but <laughs> maybe this uh, shouldn't have been made. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the first half yeah. was a lot. I, of fun. I mean, I, I don't even know where I'd take the film. I don't know if somebody asked me, you know, what would make it better. Yeah, uh, it's kind of hard. Maybe if it just ended simpler, I guess, without that weird plot. I didn't uh, give a shit about the ending. You to know, tell you the truth. Yeah, like the actual ending, not like the what happened, but like you know, literally the f- last two three minutes. I think. I've, I'm at a two and a half. I'm gonna do the change. Two point seventy-five. There it is. <laughs> I'm gonna love. I can never that. win with these guys. Did you guys know <laughs> that Jeremy was actually a change man like me? But you know, he tries to pretend and and say my name's Raymond. He wasn't, he wasn't doing that, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. So How did you switch? Fun, like, why did you take that switch? Like it was just. Like, oh wait, you th- like I was a quarter dropper. Yeah, you were a quarter dropper, like me. And now you're like, <laughs> you're like not into it. I remember you were like, dude, I don't get why people don't Ray, put like I would be quarters more, in there. Ray, my issue is, <laughs> I'm I would, serious. I would is be more open real? to your, you know, your pocket change if, if you didn't use it so often. If it was rare or maybe more uncommon, but I feel what, every, what difference would it make. I just feel it doesn't have to always You'd save come a lot back. of change. Yeah, I don't think you. I guess okay. So you guys want me to be like, oh, it's like a, f- a light four and a half. Is that fair? I mean, do whatever you want, no. but I'm just gonna make fun of you. I like it. the change. 
No, you don't. Yes, I do. Because <laughs> then I get to use this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's pretty cool. I got my own little soundboard there too. So I can't. I can't complain. We gotta. We gotta keep the change. We need. Yeah, we change. gotta keep. This at least me. Needs at least change. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it uh, different on my end. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's it. Then that's that's all our ratings. Uh, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you guys like describe this as redeemable? Because I know you kind of went into that, Rich, where you're like, you don't really know what you can kind of take from this film and then make it better. But I, I, I don't think know. I'm it, on the same I boat, think there really. are redeemable moments for this yeah. film. Is it overall redeemable? Mm, debatable. But it would, is debatable. I would, again, I would selectively recommend this film to people. <laughs> selectively, yes. <laughs> very selective. Yeah. It's a yeah. very, you know, I think the story behind how it's it's made and just kind of the experimental aspect of it is very interesting. It's a piece of film history. As a piece of deep cut history, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some of the material in this is very troubling and uh, even you know just uncomfortable to watch. Uh, but some of the stuff is pretty funny, you know. Mm-hmm. So and some of it is like you know just I had to bury my face in my hands, like <laughs> oh my god, I can't. It was, believe it was made in ten days. I wonder how quick it was written up. You know, <laughs> I wonder if there was any rewrites. I for wish it. I could have seen your reaction during certain parts of this film, but Me- oh well. Not just in general, both of you guys, both of you guys. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, guys. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. (laughs) Why is it always me? Where's Rich's like? Where's Rich's soundboard? You know what, Rich? You and I I have plenty of soundboard moments. Are you kidding me? No, we, we have to create a don't soundboard. Play, don't play. We got that. we got to go up against this guy. This guy has too much power. No, we We're gonna take too many. Out. He has it so it. much fun, Chan. <laughs> oh, I agree. Because I agree. it's so much fun, right? I'll leave it to Jared. Jared's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty quick with the soundboard. <laughs> it's quick on he's the just, draw. Yeah, those man. Um, all right, so moving too quickly, plowing ahead. Then, which we yeah, segue into so. next. All right, that is enough of that. We're getting out of the dumpster, getting cleaned off. We're about to show uh, just how true of true classy film fans we are and how good we are at recalling certain quotes from our favorite films. So we're going to do something similar to what we did with Composer Posers, where we have taken clips from films that we should all know, uh, and we're going to play... A clip, an audio clip of those quotes, and you same rules apply. Uh, I think you just get one repeat. There's no extended. There's just the one recording. If you don't get it, you're a fucking failure. So, one without repeat. further ado, one. Who wants to go first? Let's. <laughs> I'm curious, actually. How obscure <laughs> did you guys go? Not very. Not I'm very. Gonna be honest. Okay. Yeah, not very. I feel. I it's feel... not even obscure. For me, was it was it not was the format not supposed to be obscure or just I mean, make it a little depends. difficult? Right? The films could be definitely something you'd absolutely like, but I, w- I wanted to pick a quote that wasn't like you know fucking super obvious. Yeah, okay. you know, like I tried to do something. I give in the him middle. enough, I give him a fuse. Like I'm not gonna fucking use that. Obviously, right, right. I just wasn't sure how long of a quote you guys were gonna use. I don't know. I I think I played it a little safe here. I feel I feel mine will be easily. Guessed, Mine's like but... two seconds each, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You'll be fine. All right. Well, um, I guess I guess I'll go first. All this, right. Let's this, do it. This one is for for Rich. Daddy's ready. Okay. Let's go. Keep your ears peeled. 
This one's kind of tough. Let's wait for the full quote. What does Marcel look like? Fuck Marcel in his shoes, man. I'm going to squish that little shell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. The real, the real one. The real one. The real one for reals is actually for Ray. <laughs> Me? What about Rich? You're just going to skip him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Yes, I have this one ready. Oh, All my right. God. All, All right. right. Let's, do All right. let's do it. I gave Rich a tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Ready? Okay. How about dope? Grass, ash, coke, mescaline, downers, nebutal, tonal, chloral hydrates. How about uh, uppers, amphetamines? No, I'm not interested in that stuff. Isn't that Pulp Fiction? No. No? Wrongo. Eh. Okay. Well, I, I can I get another repeat or no? If, if yeah, I, can I, I take a guess? Damn. No. No. That's this not is fair. <laughs> well, if Ray doesn't get it, I want to. You can have. You can. You can say after Ray. Yeah. You get one more guess. Right. Okay? I think that's fair. Uh, he gets if, a repeat. Ray gets yeah. a repeat. Yeah, then yeah, you yeah. can try to take it. This might be another way to score a point. Maybe we can do like half a point. Okay. Let's do that, yeah. That's fair. All right. How about dope? Grass, ash, coke, mescaline, downers, nebutal, tonal, chloral hydrates. How about uh, uppers, amphetamines? No, I'm not interested in that stuff. Dude, I know this. Damn. Hmm. Play the Jeopardy theme, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw it in editing. <laughs> I really can't think of anything but Pulp Fiction for some reason. I was just like thinking of like when Vince Vega goes to see the the hippie dude, like his homie, and then like he gives him. What's going on here? But it's it's definitely a Quentin movie, isn't it? Right. Don't confuse me. I know I'm right. (laughs) I know I'm right. There's no way I'm not. Shit, this is tough. Fuck, I thought it was Pulp Fiction. Well, you can't guess that again. Yeah. <laughs> Bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I can't. You I can't, can't just throw out a movie? Just like give me a fucking movie name? Might be The Grinch. No way. <laughs> uh, shit, no. I don't know. I was going to say Kill Bill, but I don't remember anything like that. There's nothing Is like that. Is that your that, final yeah. guess? I'm gonna have to if I can't say Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was like my number one, so yeah. That's your final I, answer, locking it in. Yeah, I got to. Well, I just reject your <laughs> hypothesis. <laughs> Wait, so is Rich gonna be able to guess or? Yeah, so I got okay, one okay. crack at it. I guess I think right. it's Taxi Driver. Correct. What? Correct. Taxi Holy Driver. Shite. Mm. I haven't seen that movie in a couple of years, but I took that L. I That's did take that L. I, I honestly didn't think I'd get it until you included, you know, De Niro's. Oh my God. I'm not yes, interested in any right. of that stuff. I know. Now, I kind of yeah. fucked up by putting him in there, but you, you know. did. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. Relax, bud. All right. Relax. All you right, you know what? Reach? Here comes yours. So, you oh. know, we'll see who fucks up this time. <laughs> All right. Well, hold we'll on. See. How many points do I get for that one? You get one point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe picking him up. I'm gonna get this one ready. You like sports? It's my field. I represent athletes. I'm an agent. Are you looking for any male synchronized swimmers? I'm thinking about getting into that. Is that right? 
All right. What is it? That's unbreakable. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, dude. All right. This guy's on a roll. This guy's on yeah, a roll. I'm tear. scared. How much does he have now? He has two points. <laughs> I don't two point two five points, please. Thank you. That's like three, right? I mean, if you get it right, you get two. And well, then... he got it. Okay, so he got it in one guess without a repeat. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. give that. I'll give. Okay, that'll be a two without a repeat. Fine. Okay. So you got three points. All right. Remember that all number. Right, all right. Sounds good. You oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, you had a crazy <laughs> one for me, number seven. This right. one, this one got me really excited. This game because I was just thinking of all my lame quotes that I use around you guys too much. And all right, here we go. Everybody, silence. Mm-hmm. This is impossible. Those pajamas are impossible. This actually happened. What the fuck? Sucks to be you, Ray. I that no one idea. was hard. <sighs> Do it again? Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. This is impossible. Those pajamas are impossible. This <laughs> actually happened. Wait a minute. I know that voice. The first one. There's two people, isn't there? That's a conversation going on, correct. Wait a minute. Know. I don't oh, know. <laughs> that first voice. Those pajamas are impossible. That one I don't recognize. That voice, at least. That's impossible. Those pajamas are impossible. It's Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. No, it's not. <laughs> See, now I you can try to me steal up. this, right? You absolutely yeah. can. I give up. Fuck this. You have to guess something. Uh, Might as well say Paddington. No. I've never even seen Paddington. It's Ace Ventura. I'm pretty sure, because that was Jim Carrey. That is wrong. You're lying. Dead ass, homie. Okay, then I fucking took another L. <laughs> that was Jim Carrey, wasn't it? Was it I not? will not say okay, who it was. Whatever. Or who the other guy was, for that matter. Um, no, not the other guy. The first guy. Because, well, I'm not going to say either, because right now you're really trying to, you know, give Jer every... Well, good yeah. because then maybe possible you can chance too. he can't to score a point on you, basically. Dunk <laughs> Bro, I already took ass. both L's. There's no point for me. <laughs> so it's Jer, either you or Jer. Jer, do you want to hear the clip again? Am I allowed to play this for Jer or no? Yeah, right. Or no, I don't. I don't oh, yeah, think you played. Me. I don't think you played the clip for me. You had both. You had both chances that All Ray right, has. So this fine, is his option. Fine. Sorry, is it Mr. Deeds? Is it? It's not. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I was low key that's scared. That's actually a like... good guess. I don't know why, but that's that's a fair guess. <laughs> it is are impossible. It is the mask from 1994. Oh, oh my, my god. god, that makes dude. so much sense. Ray was on the right track. Yeah, I was dude. on the track. You dude. were. You were. Oh, oh, I took that. I felt out. like that was really fair because that's that's, that's the cop right that says those pajamas are impossible. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> There's another one that I was gonna play. Somebody stole your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I would have given it away. I feel like. Yeah, that's why I was like, "Fuck!" Like this one's just right. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that um, was good. Damn, that's that was good. good. Yeah. Um, okay, right. that wasn't even mine. Damn, and guy's, not for Gretchen Means. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. All right, so now All this right. is gonna be Jer's clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm scared. 
All right, Jerry, are you ready? I'm going to give you the full clip. This is mine. Let's do it. All right. You don't any idea who you're stealing from? You and your friends are dead. Oh, oh I know this. What? I definitely know this. <laughs> Fuck. No, I definitely know I this. know that, but I don't know that. Fuck, why is this hard? This one is good. Yeah, this one's hard, too. Hmm. Hmm. Shit. Is this a, wait? Can I ask? Is this a movie you've seen, Rich? Oh, I have. We've all okay. seen this movie. This one is right underneath your nose, which is why I fucking love it. Oh. <laughs> right under your nose. <laughs> you can smell this film, bro. No, that's how under it. So that's familiar. how much it's under your nose. I can smell it. That's not like a hint or anything, but that's just me being funny with words, I guess, or trying. Oh, man. You and your friends are dead. This is a movie I've seen a lot, and I'm yeah. really embarrassed right now. I feel like I've seen this multiple times. There's no way that I haven't. Okay. And don't be asking questions. <laughs> Both of you guys. Don't be asking questions. Yeah, don't be like, oh, is that Jim Carrey? <laughs> that is Jim Carrey. I got it right. That's an extra point for me. <laughs> oh, dude, I feel like I'm in the hot seat right now. Like, this is tough. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. You and your friends are dead. De I definitely know that. Okay, I'm this just going to guess and then, and then give me another one. All right. Is it... Bench warmers. <laughs> you and you, dude. That's actually a good guess. Yeah, now that I think about it, I feel no, like there is someone. It is not. Um, I'll oh, play it well, again. Never let mind. Me get, let me get it ready. You and your friends. All right, ready? I was thinking it's like you're in the bushes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, here it is. You don't any idea who you're stealing from? You and your friends are dead. Oh, I know what it is. Let's what hear it. What the hell? 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 Final answer. <laughs> Spider-Man. Is it? Is that your guess? I mean, that is not it. Well, that was my guess. Oh, there, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Ray, if you have Gosh. a guess. You and your friends are dead. Fuck. This guy thought it was the Benchwarmers with like the ominous music. Dude, low-key, I thought it was the Benchwarmers too. I was like, damn, that's a good guess. <laughs> it's it's the crazy dude that lives in that house. <laughs> dude, that is Spider-Man. That's not Spider-Man. Sound it's a New York accent. Dead. New York. Ray, you don't get all the time oh. in the world now. Wait, what? Come on now. Yeah, I'm trying, bro. I mean, come on. It's either you got it or you don't. If you're going to steal it, you got to steal it quick. You don't Fuck steal you. stuff this fucking slow. All right. Um, I don't really have anything. Um, all right, guys. Spider-Man 2. do it for this week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Spider-Man 2. That's Spider-Man 2. Yeah, um, that's my final guess. <laughs> <laughs> I got him on the Spider-Man tree. Yeah. <laughs> that is Chris Nolan's 2008 The Dark Knight. That oh, my God. That is really? the mob bank that's scene. That's the where... fucking oh, opening yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh Damn, that's fuck. tough. Yeah. This but guy Rich destroyed that. That's us. William Feichner, bro. Did I I'm get glad any... you guys both recognized it at least. Well, I'm glad it was a good stump. Wait, no, Ray's gotta stump us now. 
Yeah. No, nah, mines are pretty easy. It better mines be. I need some easy. points over here. Watch hey, me. I got you, dude. Don't All say right. they're easy. They are, man. I mean, like, I'll be disappointed if you don't get this rich, but this is yours. Since when did you become the physical? Come on, type? that is not actually <laughs> mine. That's not yours. All right, this is this is actually yours. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? I was back you to don't the know future. That? Yeah, back to the future. The, I figured. Yeah. Two. Yeah. All right, this is your actual one. I hope this one's a good one. I'll I'll have what he's having. Hemlock is not what did she say at the end? I don't. I don't. I didn't hear that. It sounds cut off. Hemlock, is it? That one's pretty ambiguous. So I mean, I can give you guys that, but yeah. This is for Rich. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I'm trying to like make out that music behind it because that's yeah, the only thing I feel like good, I recognize. Uh, indicator. Is it the Godfather? No. No. Right. I don't. Um. All right. I think that's my guess. <laughs> if, I mean, I already re-listened, so. Um, Jared, if you want to, if you want to steal that <laughs> shit, Jared. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm like. It's like, like I don't know. I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That one might have been tough. That one might have been a you little. Mean, tough. We told you to deliver. Yeah. The goods. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, son of a bitch son of a bitch son of a bitch it is mm. <laughs> you guys are there. we took our sweet ass time trying to get these guesses <laughs> oh my god dude alright it is gotta be uh-huh. without a doubt 110% uh-huh. yeah uh <laughs> I don't know, fucking Mulholland Drive. <laughs> no. Oh my god. What is it? Top Gun. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. Fuck it was that. during the. It was during like the diner. Scene. Oh, I would have like, never. Yeah, he's like giving that. up and shit. Fuck. Yeah. That one was kind of. That tough. was good then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that All was right, definitely one that. for Rich. I guess this one, I might be a little disappointed. Nah, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> All right, here it is. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you got that. Of dude. course. Did you? Yeah. What is it? What is it? It's fucking boogie nights. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do a different one, but like that one was too. The the last one I was gonna do was just like too obvious, so. This one was just, I don't know. Screw this. You give him all the easy ones. (laughs) (laughs) You give him the easy ones. (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because Rich fucking dominated us. Holy shit. You broke my streak, man. Hell yes. Hell yes. While stumping the two of you. Yeah. It's all good. This guy's coming back with a vengeance. Yeah, I'm proud of you. But at least I get... (laughs) (laughs) Is that one point or is that two? Oh, actually two for the boogie nights. Yeah, that's two. Yeah. All right, I'll give myself another. Hey, two quarters. (laughs) All right. All All right. right. Another fun segment. That was pretty fun, yeah. I Mm -hmm. like that one. 
All right, guys, let's move on to what we watched throughout the week. Uh, did you guys watch anything else other than Hollywood? Boy, Boy did I. Yowza. Let me but... start because. <laughs> <laughs> How scary. Because I know both of you guys watched a lot this week, and I only watched one thing aside from our deep Oh, okay, cut. okay. So I'll just start with my one, and then you yeah, guys let's can, go with you Rich. Know, let's talk go with your Rich. hearts. Uh, talk your hearts out. All right. I just watched Fire of Love, uh, the oh, Nat yeah. Geo documentary mm-hmm. that is playing at the AMC uh, theaters, man. Interesting. Um, that movie, that film, that documentary, it's pretty good. Um, it's nothing, it's nothing, you know, amazing. Well, it's pretty good. It's pretty amazing, I'll say. I consider what they what these people do, they're you know, a couple who are volcanologists and they mm-hmm. basically- oh, like Star Trek? exactly they call themselves <laughs> team vulcan so i'm assuming uh that they are you know star trek fans uh, the people that they kind of like research with that's what they refer to themselves as but um but yeah it's uh it's really cool because it's all archive footage i believe it's from like the late 70s early 80s and basically what they do is all they do is go to study active volcanoes and they have connections on like every parts of the world because people that live around volcanoes there's always people researching them so Whenever, you know, one starts to, you know, become active, they immediately go there. And those people are daredevils, man, because they go inside, you know, even though there's like the crown of the volcano, like the rim, sometimes you could go inside and the volcano hasn't fully erupted. It's just a really small hole within a hole, if you will. I believe um, it's called the Volcolon. Correct. He's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) but man some of that footage is gnarly i'm not kidding it's absolutely bonkers to put like because what they do is they have like these suits that they put on there's like volcanic rocks like just shooting up in the air and it's just it's kind of like just massive power it's just nature just just raw power man it's like watching a fucking whale jump out of water and you're just (laughs) thinking like that thing's like you know however many times and it just it's getting air man so uh, and the somebody's narrating it. I can't remember her mm-hmm. name, but she does a pretty good job. It's very, very calm, polite tone. Miranda July. Yeah, that's her name. Thank you. But yeah, I will recommend that to anybody. And uh, I don't know. It's just surprising for a documentary to check it out. Were you getting reason. aroused by like the volcano? Explosions? That was one thing. So like these people are definitely aroused. And what is it? They're they're a French couple. And they're ba- they're relatively famous, you know. They were, you know, kind of well known. You see them; uh, they show clips of them on going on talk shows. They're really, really funny. Um, they have a great sense of humor, so it's just it's really cool to kind of see them love their work. They are absolutely bonkers about everything volcanoes. I was honestly expecting a sex scene. At any really, moment it's that it, hot and heavy, huh? It's not like hot and heavy, but you figure like this guy wants, you know, the, the husband guy definitely likes. <laughs> the husband's name is Maurice, and. Uh, he's just like, he's just trying to always do something that's never been done. There's a really cool scene where it's not volcano related, but he wants to take a plastic dinghy, like a little inflatable boat down a like sulfuric acid lake. And what the hell? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Like they show, you know, this lake is what the chewing. hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. That guy's just, you know, that guy was just pushing it. And, uh, it's uh it's it's really really strong and powerful this is a cool film it's inspiring uh okay. just to see you know how much 
passion these people hold. So for. that's why it's called Fire of Love because they're actually like yeah, they're they're a real shit. couple. And well, know. I know that, but I mean, like, it's kind of like sexual volcanology. It's not like you're, they're not weirdos, but you know, you figure like the only they're not these like guys, posting up to a volcano. I don't. Like, I wouldn't. I guarantee that's rocks. the only thing they left out is them not having sex against Law Rocks. Is they just they, they wait do for that the, though, right? Huh? No, they don't. They don't show that. <laughs> what <laughs> you just said? No. Well, I thought you like they didn't show it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I don't, I don't know. know. They're like, you know, again, like they're very spunky, this couple. They're like, they're basically, they're not celebrities, but they're pretty, like they're hometown heroes, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when they come back from researching oh, a volcano. A hero. <laughs> when they come back from a volcano. And again, like this happens like over the course of years, like decades, if anything. But um, they just, you know, they go study the vol- this volcano and they don't leave until the volcano's done exploding and erupting and you know, mm-hmm. causing, a, it's really beautiful just to see like a volcano absolutely tear shit down. And then at the same time, it's, you know, to make sure that volcano finishes. Yeah. To make sure that the volcano is entirely emptied and drained. <laughs> I respect <laughs> but, uh, that. I, respect I recommend that. it. I recommend it. It's nothing like you, you have know, me intrigued. It's not going to blow your mind in any, you know, cool way, but it's, it's very, very, it's really interesting. It's almost like volcanoes are fucking slept on. Like you guys aren't into volcanoes enough. That's how I felt. I was like, why was I not more intrigued by volcanoes and all that shit they got going on? For so sure, for sure. It's wow. also educational in the sense where they're they break down types of volcanoes. There's like red volcanoes, which basically just ooze out lava. It's kind of that shoots it out at the same time, but it doesn't create what they call a gray uh, volcano, which is basically a volcano that creates a huge, you know, cloud of smoke over it, and it's ashing everywhere it's mm. it's it's an entirely different thing and it's like the those Pompeii ones are really shit. dangerous yeah those ones are incredibly because i think what those do if i you know i think what those do is they erupt really hard uh initially dude the, and the way you're talking about this movie just, sounds very sexual i don't know if that's just my mind in the gutter <laughs> but you're talking about like oozing I mean, it and it is fire of love man exploding really hard like it's pretty like, fair yeah. i mean i don't know i don't know uh yeah it's 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 really it's well made i'll say that and it's it's cool Fire to see all this footage, yeah. So, yeah, and if not you to look be at confused the, with Brett Michaels' Rock of Love, Rock of Love, yes, correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out if it ever comes to your city. I'd say it's worth seeing. Hell yeah, I, I kind of want to watch it. Wait, where'd you watch it actually? AMC one on Sunset. Uh, I think it premiered there, but it's they're showing it around other. Uh, you saw yeah, this okay. at like what, like ten p.m man unfortunately it sounded like a good idea at the time i was like whatever i'll mellow out at home and then i'll drive all the way back down to fucking hollywood and uh watch this movie because it was only it's only 90 minutes that's about an hour and a half we're the only one in the theater Uh, yeah that theater so that was i think that was the first night of premieres it was uh Mm. i think it might have premiered on wednesday actually i could be wrong but um i went on thursday and it was a small theater but you know there was a good amount of people. There was people sitting around me. I would say there's probably 30 people in my theater. Maybe I honestly go into the movies alone at that hour. I imagine you like you're in your Travis Bickle stage where you're just like, you know, you're covering your, your Travis Bickle looking, peeking through your fingers. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's literally you in the theater. Unfortunately, (laughs) I was tired, man. I was real tired. I was was like, do you guys have coffee? I needed a cup of coffee for sure. Because by the time I got out, it was like midnight, and I knew I wasn't going to make it. Oh, damn. Yeah. I knew I wouldn't survive. Well, it wasn't, That's all I was thinking, survive. It wasn't survive. a long film. Though. 
though, right? Yeah. Only an hour and a half, but at 10 o'clock, the movie didn't start till 10 right. 30. And gotcha, gotcha. at that point, oh, you start man. to get real comfortable in your seat. Yeah. So nice. And, and you know me, I'm, I'm a sleeper. I could, I could pass out anywhere, to be honest. So you Shit. did not off during Same this here. film? I was getting there. It was, I was getting there, but I hung in. I was nodding off more when I was driving back home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I ran over a few people. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I scraped a couple cars up. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but, but yeah, that's that's the only thing I was looking forward to watching. That's cool, man. I want to check it Sweet. out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I might have to. Check and it out. what is it? They they previewed another. I thought this was kind of like a one off, but they previewed another Nat Geo doc, which. Again, like I'd only been seeing this in the previews for a lot of other movies I'd gone to see. That's kind of what got me excited for it. But I just saw another preview for another uh, Nat Geo documentary, and that also looks really good. So I don't know. Nat Geo is doing something right because they're they're cranking them out at the moment. I don't Nat know. Geo I'm does. horny for Nat Geo documentaries. What can I say? That's the new wave right there. It's coming. It's it's coming back, yeah. man. It's coming back. Hey, Nat Geo used to be Poor Man's Playboy <laughs> magazine. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know about all that. I can't say I agree because yeah, I don't know I, what the fuck know. you're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, dude. <laughs> you don't. Nat Geo used to have like the pictures of the naked, like tribal women on the cover what? in the really? inside. Yeah, like, Nat, you, it's National was, Geographic. It's like, oh my god, it's not pornographic, but it's they're oh, naked god. women. Geographic. Like, <laughs> it's <yeah>. geographic. <laughs> but that used to be porn. Like you know, if you had no, if you didn't have Shit. Maxim, you didn't have Playboy. Like you know, you gotta. Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> oh God! So you know, it's a poor man's Playboy. Uh, I kind of want to look up what the documentary is. Oh, it's called The Territory. That's the other oh, like the new documentary coming out. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anybody Let's else watch while. anything? Well, I watched um, a documentary as well. Mm-hmm. Now this documentary is actually impossible to watch in the states right now, unless you take some drastic measures like I did. Um, and normally I don't do that. Normally I, I actually, I tried to, I was so desperate to watch this that I did VPN and I tried to like change my VPN so I can rent this movie. Cause it's only in Europe right now. I was desperate because as soon as I heard about it, I was like, how had I not heard about this before? And it's because it hasn't made it to the States yet, but it will pretty soon. I'm sure. And it is the epic three hour. Whoa. Ennio Morricone oh, documentary. Nice. And That's awesome, man. Didn't know this existed. And um, I actually saw somebody post about it. Like they said, it's really great. And I looked it up and it's got great reviews on Letterboxd. Um, and so uh, that was already kind of like, oh, wow. It's a, I will watch any Ennio documentary, especially made mm-hmm. after his death. I just want, you know, something to, I like, guess, celebration of his life. Because as you guys know, and as the listeners should know, he's my favorite composer of all time his music just you know it's really hard for me to describe what his music means to me um even beyond just film but of course you know he is a film composer yeah so i um i saw that this you know had gotten great reviews and it was directed by giuseppe uh tonatore who is the director of cinema paradiso which is a great film but ennio Mm -hmm. scored that movie and it's one of his most popular scores but the cool thing about that is like you have a, you know, an actual well-regarded director making this documentary who knew Ennio and who loves Ennio and is passionate for his music and loves him as a person. So you can really feel that love and that passion poured into this documentary. And I'm not even kidding. 
and I've seen a lot of people say this too. This is one of the best, if not the best documentaries about music I've ever seen. And it's mm. hard for me to like separate my love for Ennio and just kind of taking it in like object, trying to take it in, you know, objectively is like, is this the best documentary about music? And I think if you are a film fan, you are a fan of music, you're a fan of music in film. Mm-hmm. This film is like the most beautiful, emotional, triumphant, passionate representation of, you know, what makes film music so incredible. Uh, and what's really cool about this doc is that most of it, Ennio is there. He's talking about his life. He's alive. This is made before he passed, like right before he passed. It's like a miracle that this was made. He died at, uh, he was 91 or 92 years old mm. a couple of years ago in 2020. But like this was had to have been shot like a year before his death. And mm-hmm. he's just telling his whole life story. And I had no idea as somebody who loves the guy, I had no idea how interesting and amazing his life was. There were so many revelations. And then, of course, the kind of more satisfying things were the montages where it would play his music and it would show the films. And I was smiling and crying the whole way through pretty much for like three hours. It was not like a sad cry. Like I wasn't really thinking about like his death because he lived a great full life. It wasn't like he was taken too soon, but it was just that filmmaking was beautiful and the music. I mean, his music can make me cry regardless, but, you know, having it in this crafted in this way uh, was awesome. And I, I really can't wait for this to make it to the States because I really want to, you know, I want more people to see it and talk about it because uh, I, I feel like Ennio is far from underrated, but I feel like he's just still not talked about enough. And uh, they say this in the film, but like one lifetime is just simply not enough to like fully extract like his genius and like get everything that he had to offer like that guy needed to live hundreds of years because he was so prolific and he would just deliver and deliver masterpieces so mm-hmm. so yeah it was a fuck it was a great movie great documentary and one of the more interesting things that i feel like i'm thinking about now more often after watching it is a lot of people have said that Ennio is not just the greatest film composer of all time, but just the greatest composer of all time. That's including Mozart, Beethoven, you know, Bach, Chopin, like all those famous composers that have been around for hundreds of years that have had, we've had time to really dissect their genius and Ennio's up there with them for, in a lot of people's eyes, I would say so. But it's interesting that he is and always kind of was a film composer, but his, Mm -hmm musical prowess exceeded the sort of look down upon confines of what it means to be a film composer, you know, just like, Oh, like you're just doing music for films. Cause when he did it, he it was very shunned for that. He was at least by his peers and his more like high class music background. They shunned him for working for films because this was before the title of film composer had any sort of grandeur or respect. It was seen as like, kind of like a, he was, he they literally said he was like a prostitute for music because he was doing film and he was very Mm. insecure about that yeah and it sucks because it's like well we're all film fans like we definitely hold music for films very highly and now it is sort of something that's well respected um but at the time since he was kind of one of the first he was born one uh in 1928 okay so this is around like kind of like the 
late forties and fifties. You know, yeah, exactly. To, and he, yeah. And don't dive he, into these, I guess, other things. Films yeah. He kind of just fell into it as like, you know, he, he went to like a serious like music school and he had a, uh, a master and everything who's his own master kind of sort of shunned him and disowned him after he started pursuing music. But you know, it's, it makes it kind of a great story because eventually he never left film. He always stuck with it, even though he was kind of ashamed, but he loved it. And eventually he surpassed all those other people who said he yeah. was a, ha- a hack and said he was talentless and said he was a sellout or whatever. He surpassed all of them. Like you could argue he surpassed every composer ever made. I mean, some people feel that way. So it's a really inspirational story, especially, you know, if you're, if you love film, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, and, and my point is, is that, you know, in the same way that music has helped evolve film has helped inform film, you know, music is such a vital part of cinema, uh, even down to silent films. They still had music. They still played music during silent films. They did it live. You know, and then that's actually what was one of his first gigs was to play for an orchestra for theaters. He just played his, his trumpet there. And um, so in the same way that music has informed film, I think that film has informed music. And Ennio is the proof of that, because I think film made him a better composer. It wasn't just that he was a great composer that happened to work on film. I think it was because of the way that he was thinking, the way that he he would have to take a scene, an idea, a character, an emotion, and try to translate that through music. You know, film is a, is a representation of you know the human experience, and he that's why all the emotions, all the you know inexplicable qualities about life are sort of funneled through his music, and that's why it's mm-hmm. so resonant. So I think. You could argue, at least I believe, that film made Ennio Morricone the greatest composer of all time, in my opinion. Right. right. But, you know, because before, the greatest composers like Beethoven and, and Mozart, they didn't have film. Not to say they weren't incredible, but I think the art of film sort of propelled mm. his, you know, vision. So really crazy to think about. But that's my take. I'm sure uh, it, many you, people disagree, but can I ask how it works? Cause I don't actually know, um, to compose a film does, mm-hmm. does the film need to be finished or are they generalized kind so of what he does sense is, with, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah. What he does is, you know, he, he writes the, the, but he has to think about it first he, and then he writes it down. Um, he does play a few instruments. He, he, he started out as a trumpet player, which makes sense. If you've heard any of the Western stuff, he loves his use of trumpets. I think that's what makes those tracks stand out. Um, but he, you know, he looks at the footage, the, usually the kind of raw footage of whatever scene, like, so Sergio Leone would show him like the final duel, a fistful of dollars Mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, what do you think of this? So that's why it feels so synchronized and married the drama, the tension, all of that stuff feels so interwoven with, with the imagery and the music that Ennio's created because he would look at the scene and he would bring out the visuals through his music. So that's how he, that's what his process was like, but he really had to fully understand, you know, he, he didn't just write. And that was the, that was what separated him from his peers. They just, they didn't see making music like that. They just saw music as like a science. Like you have to do this, 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 you have to follow Mm -hmm. these rules of music theory and, you know, and, and Ennio was like, no, it's about seeing the story. It's about seeing the character. What are they thinking? Mm-hmm. What are they feeling? And then turning that into music. And I think that's what made him 
as great as he is. And that's what, you know, every film composer, modern film composer, especially is inspired by Ennio. He really was the rock star and he is a rock star. He has that rock star energy. Definitely suffers from an inferiority complex, Mm -hmm. but you know, he has that like very daring experimentalist kind of like, I want to do something different here and, you know, rock the boat a bit. Were there any other pioneers at the time? Kind of when he was coming up, when he started out, was there anybody that kind of did? I mean, in in Italy, there was Luis Bacalov, but I would say he was, uh, Bacalov was more of a student of Ennio. But, you know, I would say that the greatest, a lot of people would think of the greatest film composer of all time, especially in America, as John Williams, because of how many themes he's created. I mean, the guy is talented. That guy shits themes, like iconic, memorable themes that will be celebrated forever. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, like the guy is is amazing when it comes to film scores. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Ennio, again, that's what separated him. He kind of elevated beyond just film. Ennio was able to make pop songs. He wrote well, for pop songs making, too. I don't know. He was composing films first, though, I'm assuming, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's hard. I mean, I really do think like he kind of was sort of a pioneer i I, i'm sure there might be others that were doing it there were definitely film composers but it was he him who kind of broke the mold and showed that film composing is a serious art you know it's not not just like oh you do it for the movies you know so or like you doubt something you dabble in like this guy actually loved to work with film because he knew he could you know make a scene really come alive, I guess. Yeah. He never really, it's funny. He doesn't actually outwardly say like, I did it because I love film because for him, it's a very, I think there's still a shame there. He told his wife, you know, when he did his first film score in 1961, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be done in 1970, 1970 came. All right. I'm going to be done with film in 1980, 1980 came. I'm going to be done in 1990. Finally, he just gave up saying that he realized, you know what? There's nothing to be ashamed. I didn't already say that, but I think he was like, film is my passion this is what makes me the artist i am then so he just kept doing it until basically the day he died what a fucking cool dude man cool dude um yeah a lot of people are in this documentary too uh i didn't know this but wong car Wai produced it he's also in it for oh. a second tarantino's in it which is not surprising uh clint eastwood <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, which I was telling Rich about, which was he was in it quite a bit. So that's that's definitely worth it for the the price of admission for Rich. And then whenever John Williams. Yeah, John Williams is in it, of course. Uh, Hans Zimmer, Joan Baez, Dario Argento, Oliver Stone, Terrence Malick, Quincy Jones. Like this thing is stacked. It is a lot of fucking awesome people coming out to be like, yo, Ennio was the shit. And he mm-hmm. still inspires me today. So fucking definitely a five banger documentary, which is rare. I rarely give out five bangers to documentaries. Typically. I don't know. I don't think that's intentional, but this one really got me, man. So highly recommend it's fitting. It's fitting. Yeah. Right on. Right on. What about you, Ray? Uh, I think I started off my week with carnival of souls. Ooh. Um, yeah. It was from one. like, 1962 um i'm not really like entirely sure like they're not very like they're not it's like kind of an indie movie is it not like uh like 60 standards it's kind of like a it's pretty low budget i I remember that okay it could be it could be considered yeah i mean like it was an enjoyable 
experience. Um, I teeter-tottered throughout my score for it, but like it wasn't anything that I didn't expect, but it was very What is your score? It was a four, and then I bumped it down 3.75. Um, I do <laughs> like the, uh, I guess, the, the character. I mean, in the story when she goes through, it was like, it was typical. I mean, there was nothing like anything. There wasn't anything that like caught my eye by any means. But like there is, um, I do believe. I do think the the ghosts per se, the souls, mm-hmm. they were actually creepy. Like the oh, guy, yeah. that was like terrifying. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And I rarely get scared of like these, you know, older movies, these older horror movies. But this one was um, eerie more than it was actually scary. I would say. Yeah, um, it's it's haunting for sure. I mean, it's oh, fitting yeah. with the with the film, but. It, it was kind of a nice twist in the end. Um, and I didn't really, you know, I kind of expected that. I was like, oh, this is the only way they're kind of going to be able to tie it in. Um, and I did still have a few questions towards the end of it. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And it was a fun time. You know, I didn't really have too much to say about it. But it was good to see like a classic almost. I've been meaning mm-hmm. to watch this as well since it was like, what, only an hour and 30, I would say. I think so. Yeah. It was like a pretty short movie. So. I was really excited. I was on a run of just like an hour and 30 mo- uh, minute movies throughout the week. Yeah. Cause like, I just wanted to cram in as many movies as I could, but hell yeah. Yeah. This was a good Look start. At for you, the week, man. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I respect dude. it, but you, you know what I will say? Mm-hmm. I, I, already, I just mentioned his name. You've got to get on one car. Why? This is the guy. Dude, I'm I like, know. This is I the guy. Know, I'm like, man. this guy is made for you and you are made <laughs> for him. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, there's only one movie I think on HBO Max that he has is um, in the mood for love. But I know you have. Well, no, yeah. Everything else is um, Criterion. Criterion, I'll give it to you. Yeah, you gotta watch it. Right on. Hell yeah, dude! I love Carnival Souls. It's a good one. Um, Definitely eerie. I love the creepy carnival vibes of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've I've said this before. I say the creepiest horror films are always about a woman being gaslit by everyone around her. It is. That's this one. That's Rosemary's Baby. That's. Mm Hereditary, Midsummer, oh my uh, God. you know, every, all the movies, you got to have a female so protagonist real. where no one listens to her. Oh, Alien. Alien oh, yeah. One. yeah. 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 I mean, it's just the rule of if you want to make a great horror film, you have to have a female protagonist. Yeah. It's just, you know, is smarter than everyone and no one listens to her. She knows something's up and everyone's like, no, 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 no. You're crazy. You're yeah. crazy. Hysterical woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's very real to me, at least those types of films. So I can only imagine, like, as a woman watching mm-hmm. those films, it's probably even more terrifying. So, yeah, but yeah, definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Back to Rich. Or Rich uh, hasn't seen. I don't think I, I saw anything Rich, else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I didn't. That's it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. I, I'll just say, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I revisited Kung Fu Hustle. Oh Dude, hell yeah! Baby. That's what Definitely I'm talking just, about. If you, this is just one of those movies. It's like Never heard of that film, one of my Tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> Can we spoil this? Grown up, Let's yeah. This one. <laughs> Whatever. All of us have grown up with this movie. We we've quoted it for like the last oh ten years. God. This movie is a huge formative part of just our childhood. I mm-hmm. I saw the movie when it came out back in 2004. So I was that would have made me like eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. The perfect age to just have the you know your life be changed by this movie. It's got everything. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The action is insane. Um, it's just completely wacky, goofy, wild. It's a bunch of movies in ones like Matrix, Looney Tunes, Tarantino, like you name it. It's just all mm-hmm. kind of 
put in this. I love Stephen Chow's kind of unapologetic, like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's what the movie feels like. And it's yeah. beautiful for that. Um, still funny. I will say I've noticed and I'm kind of worried now. I, I've always watched the dub. I think the dub is yeah. superior. Oh, yes. I think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because of how quotable, like we just said, you can quote the dub. I think the jokes are lost in translation in the sub. I've seen the sub version. It doesn't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. Jokes feel very literally translated and just not as good. And plus, they dub their own voices and the mismatching of the dub, how horrible it is. It makes it funnier anyway. But just so. Perfect. But I feel like yeah. a lot of people haven't seen the dub because it's actually really hard yeah. to find on streaming. The way I watch the dub is through my Blu-ray disc. I believe the dub is available on Hulu right now, but don't watch this movie subbed. I'm telling you, if you've never seen it before, don't watch it subbed. It's not going to be as good. Um, It'll still be fine, but you know, but there's a lot of stuff that a lot of stuff almost improvises, I guess. It's just not as funny. It really mm -hmm. isn't. No, it it doesn't add to the charm. It just feels like the charm Mm -hmm. just kind of disappears. Yeah. I want, well, I see like a lot of people not rating this as high. And I'm like, I feel like this, I'm going to conspiracy theorize. I mean, people only getting introduced to it through streaming, which yeah, unfortunately I know Netflix does not, they only have the Cantonese. Yeah. Which Uh, really sucks, but you know, either way, I'm sure no one's going to give this movie five stars like me because I've had years and years and years to grow in love with this film i mean it means so much to me formative as fuck and even bill murray said it is one of the greatest comedies made in the last you know several decades and Mm -hmm. yeah he says it's better than any american comedies made recently i have to agree i don't revisit american and any american comedy as often as i revisit this one um but it is goofy it is juvenile it is stupid but it is such a great time flies by always a good watch Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. It's Absolutely. probably not everybody's perfect film. I agree with you there, but there's, yeah, this mean, film but has still. a lot. This to movie give. also yeah. makes me. I mean, you know, I have memories of watching it with Rich. I know I have memories of talking about it with you, Ray. Like this mm-hmm. movie is super in- integral to our upbringing. I feel like <laughs> it's just a part of our humor too. It's just oh like yeah, a huge part of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, the Toe Crusher. <laughs> 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 and also if you're a fan of everything everywhere all at once this oh, mo- yeah. this movie bows at or that movie bows at the altar of kung fu hustle and steven yes. chow in general like mm-hmm. there are so many shot for shot like homages for in ever everything everywhere all at once that yeah. are pulled from this film like straight up shot for shot so yeah i didn't even need to compare you just get the vibe but like totally totally very much lo- if you love that movie you might like kung fu hustle quite a bit and what about you, Ray? What have you watched? Uh, the second movie that I watched, I'm trying to think. Let me pull up my little box. Oh, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ooh, first time? Dude, first time. First really time at Ridgemont High? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I said in my review, it's no Days and Confused because I think I gave Days and I think that's the best um, hangout movie. A lot of people say it doesn't have a plot or anything, and they say the same thing about Fast Times. It's a fucking hangout movie, (laughs) right? But I I love. I think there's so much depth into um, Dazed and Confused, and I also feel this way about this film too. And I kind of went in just thinking like, oh, it's just like you know, kind of like a coming of age. You know, there's probably going to be some nudity and stuff like type of eighties. But it was, um, it was like an 80s movie that I needed to watch because I've just been on kind of like an 80s run and I really just need that feel. Um, I really enjoyed The Goonies a couple weeks ago, obviously. And then like, I was like, oh, I need something a little bit more mature. You know, Fast Times was great. And Sean Penn, 
this dude is just hilarious in this film. His character is awesome. Role, man. Ferris it really is, man. <laughs> it really is. It's or just not such a Ferris fun time. Spicoli. I just mixed up Ferris Bueller. Oh. <laughs> Ferris Bueller in Fast Times. <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Jeff Spicoli, Spicoli right? right? Yeah, Jeff Spicoli. Yeah. yeah. Spicoli. And I just like the dynamic of the characters. I think it is like a little bit, you know, it's not necessarily fleshed out and it's not like, because it takes in about like a year, you know, in, in an hour and a half movie. So the pacing is a little weird because sometimes I was like, oh, like, I didn't know that was a month ago or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, so it was a it was weird, but it was such a good um, it was a good time. It was a really good, fun watch. And was it a fast one of those time? films? It was definitely a fast time. It just went so, so quickly. And I love the ending, too. It was just hilarious. Um, you know, we've seen that a few times in different films and they've recreated that uh, or that idea, at least. And. It was just a really good time. I think it's like one of those films that I can really rewatch, like Dazed and Confused. It's the same thing. It's like Fast Times. I can like rewatch it on a late night, you know, and head to sleep. Yeah, it's it so was good. much fun, Jan. <laughs> it's exactly it. Yeah, it's a really fun uh, movie. But that was like my second watch of the week, and that's also an hour and a half. Hell yeah! I love the scene where he he uh, crashes the car. It's my favorite. Crashes the car. Oh, um, uh, was it Forrest Whitaker's car? <laughs> yes, you're yeah. a fucking celebrity. <laughs> that shit was Wait, so was hilarious. that before Forrest had the? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, he already pre-droop. Yeah, it was like a little there, but he, you know, looked a little bit, I guess, more normal. If that's like an appropriate <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> but yes, it was a great good film. Never seen it. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Fuck yeah! <laughs> is that a, is that it for you guys' watch list? Your watch list? No, I have like two more. more. Have you guys, yeah, you guys, like yeah, you guys saw a lot. I was gonna say you should have you should have watched some more, brother. I'm gonna keep you in the rotation. You're getting <laughs> skipped right now. <laughs> again, man. That's all I can say. I've seen. Uh, you want me to do a lot? <laughs> Make say up I a movie, bro. Back to the Future again. So Make I up re-watch. a movie that you watch. Hey, why not, man? I love <laughs> talking about that. So. Wait, actually, pick a movie from our diary and say you watched it <laughs> try to make Let's up see. what it's about try to make like a movie i like, haven't do seen what people do all the time where they're like oh yeah i've seen that yeah. <laughs> from your guys yeah, man, here let me see that yeah uh <laughs> so you don't get scared come on sweet charity um sweet charity what the fuck is that yeah, never mind no, tell us just about a it po- that's a popular this week but i haven't seen oh, it. well I mean, okay. we haven't seen it so we don't know I haven't seen it either, so I'm fucking. I'm gonna lie to you guys right now and be like, "Ah, oh, sweet charity, this movie's so great. It's about these fucking, you know, two couples that just realize that donating candy to charities is really, really nice, and you know, wow. orphans like need a feel candy. Good film. Yeah, orphans, bad. orphans it, need candy. Was it long or was it how long? Was, like, did it? It's feel about like, like you know. 170 minutes so it's oh, a god long. damn how much don- how many donations did they have bro? just making all this up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it takes a turn for the worst when the kids you know, become crazy at sweet midnight. charity yeah i'm gonna have to what look was your favorite now. performance um sean william scott he's about like seven <laughs> years old but he's the leader of the oh, little orphans years and <laughs> and he's the leader of like oh, you know the God. vampire orphans that basically go fucking mm. crazy at midnight whenever you feed what them candy. the hell <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah he ends up becoming you know this so they're donating candy they're not making any biz off this candy 
No, it's just charity. Like, is it a nonprofit? Need, the charity? thing is, is that the people that are donating the candy are candy factory owners. So they are the oh, okay. source of candy. And it turns out that these little, you know, seven, eight year old bastard orphans, they're the ones they want the source <laughs> of this candy bastard to survive. <laughs> Come on. They lust for power. The more candy they eat, the more powerful they become. So they realize that they don't need parents. They don't what need kind charity. Of do they get? They, uh, they just become super strength, you know, vampires. Pretty okay, campy, okay. you know, like 80s bullshit, but you know. Like, What's going on here? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's super strength. They could they could fly, like, you mm-hmm. know, they could eat people, you know, and kill them with a bite, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so basically. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh uh, my God. What's your rating? What's your star rating? Yeah. It's, it's at about like a solid four. I don't think I'd give it okay, any more than, okay. than that. I respect that, man. Um, I can't say. Well, I, what I can say is that Sean William Scott's best movie by far. <laughs> that guy peaked that stuff. <laughs> poor um, guy. Poor yeah. guy. Sucks to peak that. Movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but what about you guys? What, anything else? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Well. I've been kind of narrowing down my Kurosawa journey. Obviously, nice. I'm nowhere close to seeing everything he's done, but I've I'm trying to see all the notable, most notable things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watch. I finally watched the sequel to Yojimbo, which is oh, okay. Sanjuro. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, which was really good. I really liked it. Um, definitely different in tone than Yojimbo. Yojimbo is a little bit more. I mean, it has some whimsy, but it's more serious, I, I guess. And mm-hmm. this one is kind of borders on comedy a lot and very light, very light in tone and in stakes, especially compared to the first one. But, you know, Mufune is great as usual. And um, I wasn't as connected as in the beginning, but I would say the second half and especially the final act really brought me back. And I was like, this is a really funny and suspenseful, you know, finale. So Mm -hmm. it's good. You know, I love the character. I guess Yojimbo means bodyguard. So he mm-hmm. was, still didn't have a name in the first one. Sanjiro is actually the character's name. So he's named in oh, this one. Okay. And the character of Sanjiro, which is otherwise known as Yojimbo, is one of my favorite Mifune characters simply because, you know, he's really cool, but he's also kind of cartoonishly, you know, gruff and just like, mm-hmm. like he doesn't care about anything. Like while everyone else is stressed out, he's just like, oh, whatever. He seems bored. He just wants a buck. You know, he's just trying to hustle for a buck. Yeah. How can he exploit everyone? But he also has a heart. He's just um, a man with no name. And I would, yeah, and I would say is. this one explores his like hesitance to resort to violence. He doesn't want to kill people. He mm-hmm. really just wants to get by. He's just kind of a drifter. And he's like, I yeah. just want to make a buck. But he also has a heart. He wants to help out the uh, underprivileged. And then he also doesn't want to kill if he can avoid it. That's yeah. his kind of philosophy. This dives more into that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Did you good enjoy this one or Yojimbo more? I like Yojimbo more, but mm-hmm. this one was a definitely a good follow up. Definitely okay. a good follow up. Yeah, Yojimbo more is Yojimbo is totally much more up my alley, um, mm-hmm. especially because it is essentially fistful of dollars. You know, right. the very first. Yeah. It is that story. You know, it's it's Leone's. You know, man with no name the mm-hmm. origin of that and there's even some have you you haven't seen yojimbo me yeah i have oh you have yeah. you remember the the kill bill reference in uh that? which one it's when it's when uh he actually goes up to one of the like you know the one of the enemies but it's a young kid and he's like 
you know, didn't your mother tell you you should never play with oh, swords? Yeah, yeah. Or you, young boys should never play with swords. Mm-hmm. Go run home to your mother. Yeah. Like that's straight up in Kill Bill. So, yeah. Pretty cool little references. I believe there's one in Sanjuro as well. But, oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. What about you, brother? Uh, second to last viewing of this week, other than Hollywood Boulevard, it was After Hours. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, by Martin Scorsese. I told you guys I was going to watch it, either that or Beauty and the Beast. That was from like 1946, and that movie looked absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch this late at night. It just looked so scary and just eerie. But After Hours is kind of, you know, it's not scary or anything. But That's what I would have picked. I love that movie. Yeah, it, it kind of has a an off-putting <laughs> Mm-hmm. vibe throughout the entire film i i felt like i was losing my mind but in a good way mm-hmm. um it was just like a hell of a journey and you kind of just feel for the character and you know i thought it was going to be a little bit more deep than it was but it, it really depends on what you take from that film i think there's so much that you can take from it mm-hmm. and his entire journey was just like hectic i felt like i was getting anxious throughout yeah. each part and especially with like um his interactions with women Mm-hmm. obviously it's kind of just like those are very off-putting and you know it doesn't seem like his care or that person has had that experience throughout his life or maybe just you know he hasn't had that um intimacy with a woman throughout um lately at least because mm-hmm. in the beginning of the film he's just kind of like you know bored with his job and he's just like trying to do something with his life he's literally he just literally talks to that girl in a diner while he's reading a book he's just a silent dude but you get to see like him kind of unravel throughout this journey and basically just like get eccentric because his entire journey is just filled with like <laughs> insanity to say the least. It's just it's just a guy like, trying to get laid on a you know basically on a Friday and then, night like, and then it just he pays the price just to like, <laughs> trying to get laid, man. He's just trying to have a good like Friday. It night, just I gets guess, worse. Right? He has the worst time. <laughs> yeah. Is it, it one it, of those movies that just takes place all in one night? Yep. Yeah. It, it takes and you know what movie is heavily inspired by this movie? I oh. would imagine Good Time. Yep. Look Wait, at the what? covers. Good time. Oh, the, the, oh, even the, the so cover right. art is similar. Oh my god! They have dude. the same exact cover, pretty much. I didn't even notice that. That's Robert so Pattinson crazy. in the sprite bottle. bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? And then in this, yeah, Robert this Pattinson in the clock. sprite bottle, and then this one, his head's getting twisted, but it's the same lady with red fingernails, like mm-hmm. holding his head. So definitely huge inspiration. Oh, really Although cool. this is much lighter in tone than Good Time, yeah. much much. This is a straight up like dark comedy. I would say it is dark comedy. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's it's a oh it's yeah, just a hilarious. It's, a, it's time. one of it's one. I mean, I, it's hilarious. It's it's truly hilarious. I love watching this film, and it's yeah. crazy because Scorsese doesn't really do comedies yeah. very often. So it was, and what's really impressive about this movie is how influential it is. Other than just Good Time, but mm-hmm. this style of humor. I know you guys don't watch Seinfeld, but I'm a huge Seinhead, so I'll just say it. Like, mm-hmm. this is very Seinfeld-type humor, where it's just like, you know, everything gets worse. This guy is just a normal guy who's just kind of being attacked from all circles, all strange, yeah. weird, intense interactions with strangers, how it feels like the whole world's out to get him. Very, you know, sarcastic lead and everything. And, um, right. and this was before Seinfeld, though. Larry David actually is hugely fanatical about this movie he's like a huge mm, huge okay, fan, okay. fan of this so he even has good time i'm sorry after hours references in seinfeld um <laughs> like the book that that uh 
he's reading is is in Seinfeld or the girls reading in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. That's in Seinfeld. Um, oh, I didn't know that. There's a lot okay. of scenes like the, how he's looking through the medicine cabinet or whatever, or like her, yeah. her ointment. Like that's also in Seinfeld. So there's a lot of stuff that this inspired and just Larry David's humor in general. So, yeah, you know, a very influential comedy film and very, very underrated Scorsese, in my opinion. Yeah. It's one of my favorites and it's totally different than like a lot of his other stuff. I just, I really love it as a rewatch yeah. kind of. I love, I love the entire just like, world that it's set in especially in new york it's just kind of Mm -hmm. like going into soho i think and it's just like you go into like this artsy just like super different place which i think captures the 80s like yeah yeah underground it's just just insanity like Mm -hmm. even the characters and the overacting it just works so well in the film and then like i personally feel like i kind of dipped my toes in hell almost like it was just like a hellish night that's literally what it felt like to this guy and i've had that that last scene or that last, um, you know, I guess like 10, 15 minutes where he goes to the bar and stuff. That was just like the oddest thing. Like I. It was very Lynchian. Yeah, it's very Lynchian. Yeah. The whole like empty little like, you know, mm-hmm. like there's just one guy working there. There's a lady sitting in the it's chair by so herself. Odd. The music is off. Yeah. It's like this is and it was very David Lynch, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I but think I mean, Scorsese I, I think, is. Uh, what's cool i think scorsese is just cool as fuck for making this movie because it's so different from everything else he's ever done i know that he's created like a a short film when he was in i think it was nyu that he uh did film school at but it was like a short film and student film that he created it was just like about the shit it's called the shave and it's literally just a guy shaving his beard and as he's like shaving he's shaving closer to his skin and he's just bleeding that's like kind of the same oh kind of i've feel. seen that yeah, yeah 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 it gives me the same feel of like after hours it's just like this is kind of comedic but also just like this makes me very uncomfortable seeing this guy kind of deteriorate mm-hmm. in front of me it's just like so odd yeah um so yeah it just gave me the same feel so i guess like he's always had that in his bag mm-hmm. um but yeah it's definitely different from like most of his films especially some of his films are like over two hours long so this one's very short it's very fast-paced um yeah it was it was a fun time but it's also just kind of off-putting in certain moments and not in a bad way um not like hollywood boulevard obviously but it's like it's unsettling really that's mm-hmm. that's what it is and it's uncomfortable it's a little bit anxiety inducing just like good times so but mm-hmm. uh it, it's something that i definitely want to rewatch. definitely oh, yeah. want to rewatch. yeah it's very rewatchable mm-hmm. uh what's the other thing i watched oh yeah i watched well I finished my, basically this was my Kurosawa and Mifune run. Mm-hmm. And I finished it with their last movie that they ever did together. Kurosawa's last Damn, black and white so film. that's so heartbreaking. Ugh. Oh man, their story is heartbreaking, man. Yeah, Truly. I remember when you told me about that. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, they are, <sighs> well, they are the greatest director-actor duo in film history, straight mm-hmm. up. And there's a lot, you know, Scorsese yeah, and yeah. De Niro Paul Thomas Anderson, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Sophia Coppola. You can name, you can go down the list of like all the great right. director actor yeah. duos, but this is the best, especially for how much incredible work they put together, how talented each of them were in their own respective roles. They were, you know, just the dream team. And, uh, you know, I watched their first movie that they ever did together, which was Drunken Angel. And mm. he's really young in that. And then this one is like, he's red beard. He's got like a long beard. He's like, he looks old. He's very aged in this film. And the movie itself was 
really good. I was blown away, honestly. Like I have, I feel like this is one of his more underrated films. I don't know why it's not talked about as much, but it's very different from his other films, and it's very meditative. You know, it has nothing to do with samurais or anything like that. It's very, you know, it's about a a young doctor who goes to this clinic uh, owned by Redbeard, who kind of he treats uh, and rehabilitates the poor, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a journey for the main character kind of starting out being very disillusioned about the world. You know, his, his heart was broken, his fiance cheated on him. So he's very, you know, cynical and, and kind of hopeless about the world. And he just wants to move his career forward. And he sees this place and he's like, this is run like shit. And he, he wants to kind of achieve a, a high status level of like, um, you know, a medical um, specialist. He want and and Redbeard is much more about like you no know, keeping it humble, keeping it to the people, and and it's this guy's journey of it's it's stories, it's kind of vignettes of all these poor people. It, the lesson is, you know, the sick have a story. They're not mm-hmm. just sick for no reason. Like they all there's something that's ailing them spiritually. Mm-hmm. And Redbeard is all about you know it's not just about the medical science. You don't just open someone's insides to do surgery. You have to like actually go look into their heart and heal them that way. Damn. So it's a story about compassion. It's a story about, you know, finding that virtue and, and just genuine empathy and kindness. And, and then the main character's journey, learning through Redbeard. Red, and Mifune's hardly in this film. It really doesn't have that oh, really? much. Like he's a big part of it, but the movie, again, it's spotlight is more on the people. Is Mifune the, the, the actor? Toshiro Mifune the, is, is that, yeah, Kurosawa's like, you know, um, his muse. His, okay. his prodigy. Wait, I wanted to circle. Wait, why did they stop making films together? I guess essentially during the filming, Mufune wasn't able to get other roles because of his beard and Kurosawa mm-hmm. was keeping him from shaving it for the shooting. And that was another issue that they had. It was very tense and it was very like, I think it was honestly a, Kurosawa being very possessive over Mufune because like I said, the, the, the relationship that they had was very strong. It went beyond professionalism, I think. I would say they loved each other. I don't know, mm-hmm. romantically or, or just, you know, platonically, that they, they they absolutely were very intensely uh, close. And so during this time was very pivotal for Kurosawa. He was, his career would change and this was the last time they ever worked together and they their whole careers were tied to each other. But so Mifune sad. had, Mifune's, um, motivations were mainly because his lifestyle, he needed to do more work because his lifestyle was very luxurious because he was mm-hmm. blowing up, you know, he was, a, he was a big deal and he needed to do more work to sustain that. And, but Kurosawa was much more about, you know, taking your time to make real great films and art and stuff. But Mifune was like, I need to do all these other jobs. And I think Kurosawa felt possessive and was like, no, like you're staying with me, you're mine kind of thing. And, but eventually after the filming, you know, he got to do all uh, Mufune got to do all these other films and he went to yeah. do television and Kurosawa really resented the whole Godzilla movement because it was like there was no more room for him anymore in Japanese cinema. He was, you know, the guy who made these great works between the 50s and 60s. And then once the Godzilla craze and the monster movie craze started and they were cheap to make, you know that's what people wanted to do. And there was television of that. So he just kind of fell into irrelevancy and he became Mm. very depressed. He actually attempted to take his own life. He had a couple hiatuses 
in his career, which he was not known for. He was very prolific and always doing something, but he would do, have like five year long breaks. And Mifune, well, you know, he was lost too, I think, in a way without his mentor, without his, you know, director. He was just doing a lot of work, but nothing as meaningful as the stuff that he did with Kurosawa. So eventually, you know, they just, they never talked. It was so intense. Uh, Kurosawa came back with um, Kagemusha, which was like, you know, his, his mm-hmm. first film with color, which was beautiful. And then Ron, and he started to do, you know, I think his last like film, one of his last films was Dreams, I want to say, which was very different for him. But, you know, uh, they just didn't talk for like 30 years. And then uh, when Mufune passed, I believe he had cancer. And uh, and yet less than a year later, Kurosawa died. Mm-hmm. So it was like almost like, did he die of a broken heart or what? Because they never, they never made amends. That or was hard. Oh or my God. so we thought. Because apparently, this is something I haven't told you, Ray. But apparently, in 1993, they mm-hmm. did meet again one last time. Oh, this, yeah. So this is kind of like an untold story. There's not many details about it, but they met at um, Ishido Honda, the Godzilla director. Mm-hmm. They met at his funeral. And, oh, okay. you know, I think they realized it was like their last time to make up and reconcile. So they embraced each other's arms in tears, apparently. And, you know, I don't know much of what was said, but this is documented that they did actually finally, you know, hug it out and, and uh, that was that. So, Man. Uh, you know, that I gives guess me hope at least. Or there's a little, a little bit, bit of, of closure ending. there, a little bit of a happy yeah. ending. Still mm-hmm. kind of sad. There were so many years wasted that they didn't, you know, continue. <sighs> they could their have created so many beautiful projects. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's what happens. But you know, honestly, their work and their relationship it, it lives on through those films. Like it's their legacy is eternal now because they have a huge body of work 16 films they did together i haven't seen all of them Damn. I, think, I think i still have <laughs> yet insane. to see five of those and i think the those five are kind of the less lesser known or less talked about ones yeah i mean i think i've seen all the ones that i i would say were probably their best work um but yeah no one of my favorite definitely mufune is one of my favorite actors of all time kurosawa was one of my favorite directors of all time so it was really cool to see their final film together and it, and it being one of their best that was really good i loved redbeard yeah that's Underrated. awesome i gotta check it out myself mm-hmm. i mean after i watched um what was it that i watched oh he um he, harakiri last week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just uh i'm craving that old just like japanese black and white cinema again I, and not even just that i kind of just want to watch ikiru again like i really do that's like my favorite this film redbeard is his closest film to ikiru, to ikiru? i was thinking that okay yes. okay cool. you have to so you then... should watch it yeah yeah it's very very similar in tone and philosophy uh some of the best sequences he's ever directed are in redbeard mm-hmm. i think it's super underrated like i don't know i, I think maybe it's not as popular because it's so different but and it's long but yeah. it is one of his most important films, I would say. It's one of his most mature and reflective pieces and kind of political too. Political, spiritual, everything. I mean, yeah, it's great. Definitely want to give it a watch then. I might do that this week. Do it, do man. It do week. it. What's, yeah. uh, what would you say is, you know, some to introduce someone, 
a Mifune Kurosawa film? Like, uh, what, other my, than this, like, what would you like to get started on Kurosawa? So my, I'm looking at my ranked listing. I want to say what I started with was, um, I think I started with High and Low, which I kind of think that I wouldn't start with that. I think I would start with. Um, I, I do recommend going through his work like before you get to something like Ikiru and Seven Samurai. I think mm-hmm. it's much more rewarding to save those for the end. But um, I would say probably either Hidden Fortress or Rashomon. Those okay, are like yeah. early films. I would say Rashomon yeah. is, is a better film than Hidden Fortress. And, you know, yeah, I, I, would, I think that's a good place to start. And then Yojimbo, Yojimbo to kind of see his samurai stuff what what really you know sparked that genre for him and then move on to high and low where you can kind of see how that's an amazing crime film and it's totally different than what he'd done before Mm -hmm. it's just expertly directed so that's a good like first three kind of just work yourself up to at least um the black and white stuff you know stick to that first before you get to his color era which is uh, very different, very different. Yeah, it's a bit different, yeah. Yeah, but but great. They're still, yeah, they're still great, yeah, absolutely. Like the 80s was his color era, mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. amazing. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My last watch of the week, The Hateful Eight. Um, what? It was something, yeah, honestly, I don't really <laughs> like rewatching this film, but it was like one of those films that were like, I kind of wanted to just put on and just like... What do you mean you don't Hold like my clothes last night? Is this just chill. not like your, your huh? ideal rewatch? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's it's you know it's long, and I think there's a lot of things that could be trimmed down that are not necessary. But it's you know I I get it I guess like it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. my top. It's not my top five of Quentin for sure. But you know I kind of wanted something that had like the essence of you know dust till dawn or something that's kind mm-hmm. of just you know a bit violent. At, that I can kind of get into the dialogue. I guess and, there's more entertainment. Uh, yeah, there's more there. entertainment in this film, and but it doesn't have. It, it's some there, some of it is like very surface level for me, at least with this film, and it's not his. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad. Film. I think it's his like clumsiest movie, in my opinion. Okay, that's yeah. one of my least. So favorite. I'm not alone there. Okay, no, absolutely not. I'm not a hateful. <laughs> I'm not a hateful eight hater per se. Yeah, I have it at a three and a half. But yeah. that's considerably low for what I rate Tarantino stuff typically, and I do mm-hmm. think it's one of his weaker films. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. There's good stuff about it. I just there is, yeah. Absolutely. It just mm, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't. I mean, Ennio score is great, but yeah, I will say it's not my favorite Ennio score either, and not nowhere close. But it also apparently I didn't realize this or I didn't know this, but. And the score for this film is mostly recycled material from what he didn't use for the thing. Ennio's the thing. Really? Yeah. Or Ennio did the music for the thing. If you didn't know that, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why I was like, what the hell? The thing like John Carpenter's the thing. Yes. The John Carpenter's the thing. Ennio did the score for that, but there's, it's a little tricky because apparently it's kind of shitty, but like John Carpenter is actually, he does scores for his own films. A lot of the time Uh it's very rare that he gives it to anyone else because he knows how to score his shit. He's multi-talented like that. But of course, the only composer he think he deems worthy to score his film is Ennio Morricone, you know? So he's like, mm, All right, can you do yeah. my, can you do my score for this? And, and Ennio gave him some stuff. And I guess like Carpenter was like, 
mm, I think I'm just going to use what I had with like, right. or can you like, he basically just nudged and, you know, to be like, I kind of want to use like just this, this is what I had in mind. So essentially mm -hmm. the score for the thing is mostly carpenter stuff. According to Ennio, he was like, I didn't really do much of that. Like that's kind of all oh, carpenter. I guess so. So <laughs> I was say, having listened to both, I haven't seen the thing, but do they sound any similar? No. Can you, so can you like, pull anything it, from the hateful eight? No, they're the not thing? similar because basically what we're hearing in the hateful eight is essentially what Ennio had or closer to what Ennio had for the thing that we didn't okay. hear mm -hmm. that we didn't Carpenter. get to hear. Okay. Exactly. So what you're hearing for, and that's kind of what Tarantino told Ennio was like, I want this to be like the thing, you know, guys in a cabin in the snow and they're called like, who done it, you know, who's who, right, who's, yeah. who's the killer. And Ennio was like, well, I mean, I did do the thing technically and I didn't get to put that. So he kind of reprised some of that. Um, but yeah, music's so, beautiful, obviously in this film. Yeah, like, it's, it's really yeah. good, but you know, there's just some stuff about that film that is clumsy that I think is done yeah. way better in Reservoir Dogs, which is his Absolutely. very first film, you know, and it's kind of similar ideas. And I think it's cleaner. It's yeah. just it's just more concise of a film compared to like this one. Just I don't know. <laughs> there is it's, a lot it's good. going on. It's, good. It's, it's a bit but like it's... Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Well, and what, another thing, too, is the, the movie's I've probably my third time mentioning this movie on the pod because it's one of my favorites, but The Great Silence. This okay, movie yeah. is very inspired by the Great Silence, and um, but not plot wise, really. Just kind yeah. of tone, tone, and um, atmosphere setting. Like the snow, right. snowy western is not common, mm -hmm. but there's some things that are very direct references. But I think, I mean, it's embarrassing how much better Great Silence is in comparison to Hateful Eight. Like Hateful Eight, <laughs> I think it's not even close. And it's like if you were trying yeah. to pay homage to Great Silence, like you didn't even. You didn't even come close, man. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know. I, it's, it's fine. It's better. I mean, even is a, this because he was trying to push for the fact that he wanted to be named or like considered as a Western director. Yeah. His rule that his film? arbitrary rule that like, yeah. in order to be a yeah. Western director, you need to make at least two Westerns, which like there's, that's not a real yeah, documented law, like, <laughs> but sure. If that makes you feel he, better, you he said that this, this is yeah. like quoting this Tarantino. is Tarantino's like arbitrary, like, Oh yeah, this is what makes you a, a true Western director. You have to make at least two. Whatever. Half his films, more than half his films, have like Western themes in it already. So it's just like, mm -hmm. come on, like it well, doesn't really matter. Like this project know. was kind of weird because it was like he wanted to start doing plays. He wanted to start writing plays. Oh, okay. so that's why this feels very mm -hmm. play-like, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I think the script got leaked at one point for this mm -hmm. movie, and that kind of might have changed the artistic he was, like, direction really of things. About that wasn't he? He was. He was. Yeah. So you know. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff with that movie. I do think it's a bit of a cursed project, but um, you know, yeah, it's not the, the worst beginning. movie. It's not the most offensive. It's probably one of my least rewatchable and yeah. least loved Tarantino films. I really do like the second half. I think like you mm -hmm. know, when they kind of try to figure everything out and then that's when it gets interesting. Obviously it's because like, you know, the entertainment values there. It's like, Oh, who actually did it and who's working with who? And, um, you know, and obviously the overtop of the blood, the violence, and, you know, the dialogue between, you know, Chris Mannix and also Daisy. It's just great. Like, you know, the dialogue is obviously, you know, what you kind of come for um, sometimes for obviously Quentin. So mm -hmm. he's like a master of dialogue. And, you know, it works well. There's definitely like things there that are very redeemable. Obviously, I think it's just a good movie, but it's not for you know i i guess like in for quentin standards I'm just standards, like, yeah, yeah i'm just like you know, you know really like you know it could be better i guess also this came out the same year 
as Bone Tomahawk, which is oh really embarrassing. Oh, which again, also has it's a, like yeah. not know that what's, what's the actor's name? Kurt Russell. Of? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell in a western in 2015, and it's that director's first film. Um, Craig Zoller. Yeah, and he outdid veteran Tarantino <laughs> on a western of 2015, starring Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, hard not to compare those two for that reason. And yeah. But yeah, um, that I capped off my week of films with Hollywood Boulevard after that, but that was that. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's it for me. Was that it? Or did you have one more? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I watched Orlando. Really cool little oh, art house okay. Victorian, um, you know, mood piece. Really beautifully shot. Tilda Swinton. Good uh, mishmash of genre and... Uh, very, very cool, refreshingly transgressive take on gender, especially for its time. Uh, I feel like if you like movies like The Favorite, um, you'll like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It's a kind of tearing down a lot of the social constructs of those eras. But it also mm-hmm. goes spans centuries, too, which is interesting. It's a very, like I said, like kind of eth- ethereal, dreamlike film. So uh, it's pretty cool. I, I just right. recently watched that last night. Yeah. yeah. Random, do you guys recognize Tilda Swinton in Uncut Gems? Apparently, she's in it. She's not in it technically. She's the voice of the you know person who holds the okay. auction. I was the one say who's it. like, I'm not changing the price. I'm not changing the appraisal. That's oh, her. okay. No way. I was like, what mm-hmm. the hell? Like, do you guys remember this? Because I don't. You know what I just realized about that scene? <laughs> that scene where Sandler and Uncut Gems is like. Nah, nah, nah. There's a mistake. You got to change the appraisal. This is bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's literally a, just a reincarnation of the fucking McDonald's breakfast scene <laughs> in Big Daddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. We close. We're done with breakfast at 10:30. This is horseshit. Whatever he says. Like, <laughs> that scene spoke to a lot of people because everybody's been upset. I still am upset, especially because they used to do 24 hours and then COVID happened and then now they don't do it. And I'm like, what's the logic behind that? What's the real logic behind that? Did you guys just get lazy? <laughs> Did you guys just say, mm, we're not going to do breakfast all day anymore? Just We're going to say COVID. It's, you know, COVID. Bastards. It's a catch-all Speak your truth, excuse. I'm, I'm not, you know, that because for me, it's like McDonald's sucks without the breakfast. Well, I love the breakfast. The breakfast is the king of fast food breakfast, no question. Mm-hmm. I also say when the breakfast came back after it was gone, uh, it's not as good. Something happened. COVID fucked up McDonald's breakfast forever. I still love Wait, it. you're just saying when they went 24 hour or when they just started when they just changed again, it, like when they started like doing breakfast again because they stopped doing breakfast morning, or something there was some bullshit with that like they stopped doing breakfast then they stopped doing it all 24 hours and then they brought it back but only in the morning and then it was like the shit tastes different it's what's not your the same. what's what's your current egg mcmuffin rating then sausage egg mcmuffin rating <laughs> sausage egg uh, and cheese mcmuffin rating yeah it used to be like um it used to be like a four and a half stars mm-hmm. and now it's like a honestly closer to three and a half Really, like Whoa. a three and a, yeah. It's a huge difference, man. Yeah, I was just talking half, to somebody about this. I love getting McDonald's, you know, sausage, egg, and cheese muffins, like on my way to the airport. But the hash browns, or at five the stars. Hash browns, five the stars. Hash browns, yeah. I don't like <laughs> to get it all the time. Always five stars, bro. The, but for the some biscuit? reason, like, yeah, it's perfect. Oh, the biscuits, the biscuits too are pretty good. Biscuits, I'll give. I think they're still at a four. Like the biscuits, I'll give a four. 
Um, honestly, maybe I'm being harsh. I think uh, the sausage egg McMuffins could be a four on a good day, but like sometimes they're feeling real three and a half, and I'm like, I don't care. I have no self respect in meeting McDonald's. Just fucking put this in my mouth and like move on with my life. <laughs> so whatever. But um, what else do they have? Their, their coffee is pretty good. They're actually their iced coffee. Yeah, I love not, their iced coffee. Bad. So yeah. I'll give that like a four. McDonald's, I give a gold, uh, the orange heart, the coward star rating because I don't want to give McDonald's an actual star rating because, like, you know, yeah, is it a just, one or is it a is yeah, it a four and a half? Like, so, I'm just know, gonna give it a heart. That's subjective, bro. I mean, it depends on you. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, all right. I think that ca- uh, covers everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think there any was there. Oh, or, actually, no. We do no. have a couple news uh, right. stories to get to. I don't think. Uh, I can't recall exactly, but I'll I'll let you lead, Jer. The only thing I wanted to say was uh, rest in peace to James Caan, our favorite macho man, one of yeah. the cinema's finest tough guys. You know, just Sonny was always my favorite in Godfather and the Hollywood one of the Hot Godfathers yeah. of the Corleone family. So yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. to him. You know, really gonna miss that guy. Big Loved his. His macho attitude. I love Thief. I love The Gambler. Those are always my favorites. Those would make a great double feature. Thief is very 80s, neon, vibrant. And I watch that. The Gambler's very wood panel, 70s. You know, is a English professor who's got a gambling addiction. It's a really cool story. It's very proto-Uncut Gems, which we were just talking about. If you like Uncut Gems, it's hard to not think that the Safties saw the gambler and didn't weren't inspired to make Howie a character, Howie Ratner. R.I.P. to a godfather. That's all I can really say. Sadly, mm-hmm. when I look him up, I do get the elf every single time. But I wish it was the godfather the elf. for the elf. <laughs> or elf. I sorry. did see uh, the there was elf. an article that just <laughs> That's said like a horror godfather movie. actor, godfather and elf actor just too complete yeah, I saw that too. you know it's was I was, like what the hell i was just like oh, no. <laughs> he did a little more than i don't know i wouldn't consider elf his most known role basically yeah. so you know apparently the scene where he smashes the camera in the beginning uh, is improvised oh, on the godfather yeah oh really i didn't know that. yeah oh and he like the way he throws the cash at the guys like yeah, improvised like, too because <laughs> that's something james con was actually known for doing he would like oh th- like he would cause trouble like you know break something or whatever and he throws his cash at them because he was yeah. wealthy because he came from a wealthy family so he was very used to just getting away with shit and this thing yeah, here. yeah. i mean like bucks i never like knew anything uh about him out of film but mm-hmm. like he does look like and act like it feels like he would act the same as sunny in real life oh like, yeah j- that's just me you know what i mean like i don't know <laughs> he's like a grease ball kind of just like an angry dude like super straight like forward and just like doesn't care what you have to say type of guy there's that yeah. that anecdote that um paul schrader shared which paul schrader's a fucking weirdo mm-hmm. um but he sometimes has some pretty interesting stories about celebrities this is what he said he said my only memory of james Kahn, 1978 i was in vegas on a sunday with jim toback playing the sports book the last game of the day there were six to eight of us in Kahn's large mgm suite we were all clothed except Khan, who was completely <laughs> naked. Don't know why. He was in great shape. Maybe that was the reason. <laughs> We'd bet opposite sides of the game. My bet was smallish, Khan's largish. 
James Kahn became increasingly upset with my increasingly vocal cheering. Words were exchanged. Next thing I know, he has his hands on me. My reaction to was, re was to respond, but at the last moment, sanity intervened. I'm not going to get in a fight with a bulked up naked actor in his suite surrounded by four of his thuggish buds, it occurred to me. So I split and headed for the airport and watched in the lounge as Khan's team beat the spread. Oh so yeah, dude, Khan sounded like he an intense dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah he up. lived Over that godfather life, game. <laughs> the dude's walking around. around completely naked in his MGM suite like, around a bunch of other dudes. You said this was a... Uh, what, what, what decade Paul was Schrader, this? 1978. Okay. Yeah. Paul Schrader's the writer of Taxi Driver, which we were just mm -hmm. talking about. Um, he's written a lot of other good shit. I remember, you know, when you sent that, that was hilarious. I was like, this doesn't yeah. sounds made up. Like, this can't <laughs> be true. Like, I don't know. Walking around naked, like, fucking just hot heading it up over a fucking. Uh, I imagine it's football <laughs> well, or basketball. If money game. was involved, I guess I could understand, but. I don't know. Like, at that point, I like, guess. You know, your money's on the line. It doesn't mean you get to be yeah. fucking an asshole, but. Oh, another thing. Shit. <laughs> another thing I just. I forgot to mention is mm -hmm. James Kahn. I just said he was. You know, that movie, The Gambler, was inspiration mm -hmm. for Uncut Gems. And the Safdie brothers actually, if they couldn't get Sandler, they wanted James Kahn. Oh, I think I saw it. Oh, really? Did you send yeah. this to us? I saw yeah. this. I didn't know that. So, yeah, the, obviously the role was written for Sandler, but if they couldn't get him, then their second choice was James Kahn. And I'm um, now I'm almost a thousand percent sure that they, it's because of The Gambler. Yeah, they posted about it, right? They just posted mm -hmm. like a list of people that they had mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in mind for yeah. it. But. And this story about... James Kong getting hot over a, a bet, you know, sounds likely. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Hell Trader is a gambling addict as well. He's always getting kicked out of online poker matches, apparently. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like kicked out of poker clubs and shit <laughs> because apparently man. he makes off-color remarks or things that people mm -hmm. find inappropriate, which I 100% believe. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. He says it like he's like innocent. He's like, I guess they thought what I said was not politically correct. And I'm like, it absolutely <laughs> was, dude. Your Facebook posts are out of control. That's oh probably, he's probably like a Phil Hellmuth fan. I think that's the, Phil Hellmuth is like a, <laughs> another poker hothead that just literally like gets up and walks away from the table, like yelling shit. If you know, the mm. flop or the river isn't is fucking yeah. what he had in mind or I don't know. That guy's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> another big poker personality there. Oh God. All right. Um, that wraps it All up right. though. Oh, All right, Jer, go ahead with the soundboard. <laughs> Do it for one? me, brother. All right, let's hear it. What the hell? 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 It's like one of those YouTube mixes. That's going like to be the new. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but for real, send us out. You send us out with the with the soundboard. No, man, you can honestly do to... do it for us. You you, oh, you yeah, have everything God. there. All right, fine. You're sending us out with the soundboard right now. And my name is Raymond. And you got what? And no, the other one. The All Right Guys one. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah that one. You like can do one. it all. All right, guys. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs> all right well i don't have the rest actually i had to remove it okay <laughs> what should i oh, all okay, right so guys i don't do it for this week all oh, right I, what are we I'll doing <laughs> all, are right. We this? <laughs> all right all right do a real send out okay so we're actually sending out mm -hmm. 
Okay, I, I was like, all right, fine. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week. Don't forget, you guys can follow us on Letterbox. My name is Raymond. You can follow me at my handle, R-A-Y-A-M-P-A-R-O. And my name is Jeremy. You can follow me at Spaced Cowboy, S-P-A-C-E-D-C-O-W-B-O-Y. Ooh. And my name is Richard, and you can follow me at Dick Visco on Letterboxd. I will not spell it for you. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Super fucking wrong. Chest, baby. You're oh. fucked up. All right. Sorry. <laughs>